I ended up destroying him at some point. Why? How'd you, what'd you do to destroy him? I don't remember. We just, like, it just got mangled up. Okay. So me and my girlfriend went at a bar once in 2019. Uh-huh. And we were leaving this tavern spot. It was, like, ho- Halloween, and they had, like, a bunch of skeletons on the outside. And this is when we first started dating, so I stole gra- it. I grabbed it and I ran. <laughs> you thief. I had her, like, start the car. <laughs> okay. And she pulled up, grabbed the skeleton, got inside the back, and we just took off. So Bonnie and Clyde, that's I Oscar. see Yeah. <laughs> well, I know personally that I know people that have come into the office and, like, been Got terrified, yeah. scared, yeah, because it's just sitting there in the corner when we had it in the corner. Yeah. It's so. Wayne Wright from the Suns when he came into the studio, uh, during uh, the Super Bowl week, yeah, yeah. he got startled when uh, really? he saw it. You were there. Yeah. yeah as soon as he awesome. put the wig on him, I thought he was my twin for a second. He, he kind of just, yeah, he just needs a beard. Remember Manny Quinn, though? Manny Quinn from the old spot used to scare everybody, oh, too. Oh, yes, yes. That one was scarier. Yes. Because that, that looked like a real person. I, I forgot about that. How are our levels? Good? Awesome. So I guess let's hit the intro. Could it be hard times that strain my mind With situations that created complications in my life Like my father's past decisions and drug addictions On my mother's death, I love your mom, what's next? I've already been Welcome to Defy the Odds Podcast This is number five Cinco And it is our first, I guess, episode with video recording That's going to go on to YouTube Very excited about that and with that being said, we had to bring on Vic Almighty for the first video episode for YouTube. Yes, sir. That's right. These guys went all out for me. New set, video recording. I feel honored. Yeah, you Love should. You your buddy. Yeah, we were just having a conversation about, uh, what, what, what'd you name it? His name's Oscar. We stole him years back. Yeah, so Oscar has been kind of a security guard of our business, and people have walked in occasionally, and like our old uh, cleaners... Like, it scared the shit out of people before, so <laughs> we just figured we needed a, a sidekick to join us on this uh, episode of um, Defy the Odds, and here we go. He's a so, good dude. I can't read that, so why don't you tell me exactly what our notes are there? The intro, we're starting, we're talking about it, uh, Defy the Odds. Why don't you just break down exactly what this podcast is for the people that this might be their first episode? So really, we're still trying to figure that out, I would say, but Defy the Odds is really telling stories about people that have overcome struggles in their life and managed to do things and really just digging deep to get to that next level um, and defying the odds, you should say. So obviously, sure. we've told some of your story, we've told some of my story, we're going to hear a little bit of from Vic today about um, kind of his journey and really kind of go from there. Yeah, again, this is episode five. So if you guys haven't had a chance to check out episode one through four, make sure you do that pretty much on almost every streaming platform, correct? I I hope so. We hope so. <laughs> if not, I we think get so. in there. Yeah. So with that being said, let's start with the intentions from last week. Um, you also went to Japan. So I want to yes, hear sir. about that. How did your intentions go in Japan? Did you work out? <laughs> hey, so uh, just to recap, we set intentions pretty much every week what we want to do. Last week, uh, mine was to continue working out. I started a little workout journey, thanks to Steve. Uh, and my second one was to be a better boyfriend. I was with being gone for about five, seven days. I was like, you know what? I need to do the best I can. Did you call her at all? I didn't just oh because international God. minutes, man. That ain't no joke. Text message. Oh yeah, no, I, we text every day. Oh okay. She called me and like you know I did talk to her because she called me, but I personally didn't call her. Okay. But I was texting her, sending a little selfies of myself, some little fire fit pics out in Japan. 
But when it came to, I want to circle around because I was like, yeah, I want to continue this workout journey. You know, I'm going to run a, run in Tokyo. Yeah, good oh, luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How much drinking was involved? Did you guys drink? Uh, no, no. I mean, we had maybe like some, they're like, there's these things called Strong's. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a 9% alcohol, okay. like in a can. So that think of it like the- Sounds uh, good. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was yeah. actually tasted really good. I had one of those, you know, maybe a couple highballs throughout okay. my whole time, but like we didn't really. So no push-ups. Uh, no push-ups. Okay. Well, listen, I, I said I was going to run and I want to, I'm getting to that. So okay. I walked <laughs> a lot. So yeah, by the end of I the mean. first day, my feet were toasted. I took out my eBay dunks and the shoes pretty much plastic. Why? Well, yeah, that's, a, that's <laughs> yeah, a, so what made you take those? Just a, it's a head turn. You should have seen them all breaking their necks. I'm not sure if they have eBay in Japan, but like. Everyone on the train walking, they kept staring. Even the, the buddy who I went with, Hayden, he was like, "Bro, everyone is breaking your, their neck on those shoes." And I'm like, "Yeah, they look. It's, it's a you know, it's a strange shoe. It's for some, shoe. Yeah, yeah see through. You know, flex the red socks to go with it. You know, with the red hat. So yeah, so my toes were on fire to the point I wore it the whole day. We went back to the hotel, shower, changed, went to dinner. I walked out with them, and Hayden was like, "Are you sure you want to wear those? You're yeah. clean." <laughs> I, I looked down and. At my feet, and I just felt them throbbing through the plastic. So I was like, no, you're right. I'm going to go inside. I'm going to put some forces on. But, again, I, I walked every single day countless of miles. You so should have kept in track. I, I, I had an Apple Watch, too. It kept asking me and ignoring me. And I was like, man, dismissed, dismissed. But I walked a lot, so my feet, I was pretty sore. And then on Sunday, me and Hayden, we went to go to Mount Fuji. We pretty much got scammed by Expedia. They sent us wrong information. We went all around the city trying to find this pickup location. We couldn't find it. But we actually jogged and ran to get to the next spot to be there on time. Did it for like two minutes, bro. And I was winded. I said, <sighs> and I want to do this the whole time. So, yeah, unfortunately, I, I didn't do much on my workout journey. But as far as being a good boyfriend, I definitely did my best. Before I left, you know, I got her a gift. When I came back, I got her flowers. I mean, I text her, you know, I sent her pictures. I, I did what I can do. Could I have done better? Maybe, well, possibly, yeah. but you can again, always do better. Yeah, always. you can always do better, you know? Yeah. So how about you, though? Let's talk about your intentions. You didn't drink. Well, I, I just want to say I, I would think walking all the time, that I consider that a win. So, oh, I so give, give me a clap. There you go. I walk miles on miles yeah, yeah. on miles every single day. That's, that's exercising. Real so. quick, what's the goal for Robert? What are you trying to get to with uh, your fitness uh, journey? Well, uh, the beginning of the year, I told myself I want to, like, work out my shoulder because I had a surgery a Remember few that. years back. So I just want to kind of strengthen my shoulder again and then work on my belly. Okay. I, I mean, you've known me for about five years. Yeah, you were a lot skinnier five yeah. years ago. <laughs> I was a lot skinnier five talk. years ago. <laughs> my belly is definitely getting bigger. So that's pretty much my main goal is to really just work on my belly, lose the gut, and then kind of just strengthen my, my shoulder, you know, my bicep, just overall. Well, I will tell you that he was in the gym today. So he's hitting it, and, you know, I hate to throw shade at Akil again, but he's never made Still step one seen foot into the goddamn gym. Jesus. Make sure you guys go back and listen to episode three. It was a great story with Akil. Yeah. So mine, I'm gonna, I need a... It's pretty good, right? Um, I didn't read every day. So, like, I missed a day, and then I forgot to do it the next day, and then I kind of just dropped the ball. So you didn't finish the book. I did not finish the book, and I dry, I honestly forgot about it until today. I'm like, oh, you know what? I did not come through. So I'm not going to come in and lie to everybody. I didn't. I dropped the ball there. Now I have not drank, and I went to the Ice Cube concert, and it was really hard not to have a drink. Yeah, What's even harder, I just came back from Japan, and I brought some Japanese whiskey, 
And I was really hoping Steve was going to, on this podcast, I was like, yo, it's Japanese whiskey (laughs) I got from Japan. Let's all take a little shot together. But... Did I you had take to a shot? turn it down. You had to no. turn it down. Yeah, yeah. Being responsible. Did yeah. you take a shot? I haven't. You want to? At some point. Uh, hey, <laughs> might do that after this. Well, we can bring him back next month, and we can tap into that bottle because I definitely want to try it, but I, I cannot. I have to follow through with that one. Of course, yeah. That's so just a month that you're like no alcohol, or yeah, yeah, basically. I just said I, you know, I've been drinking every weekend for a while. I need to stop, and so till the end of the month, I. Basically said, I'm not going to drink. That's what's up, man. And I'm telling you, going to a concert without having a drink is a totally different experience. I've never For done sure, a yeah, sober yeah. concert. And uh, I would say that I probably didn't enjoy it as much, to be <laughs> was honest. Was it just Ice Cube? Was there other people? No, so, and that was part of it. It was a really long intro, so it was like... Uh, a bunch of 90s people. I forget the, the first girl. It was lighter shade of brown. It was... Um, uh, let me think. Who else was there? Uh... Shit, I don't even know. Yeah. Hey, well, one of the dopest concerts I went to was Ice Cube, but only because I had front row seats. I've been to countless of concerts. You know, I worked at the radio. Yeah. I've always got access where I could be up front taking pictures, but never, like, enjoy a full concert experience front row. It's pretty dope. It was it was amazing. I saw Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, uh, a couple of It was kind of like a 90s concert, yeah, but yeah. literally front row in an arena, and I was like, oh, that was Dopest concert ever. So I remember Warren G was there. He okay, was yep, actually the best. Yeah, he he was, was probably the best that that I saw. Um, corrupt, probably too. No, no corrupt. corrupt. Um, it was lighter shade of brown. It was Bone Thugs and Harmony. That's it sick. was Warren G. Um, there was a few, and unfortunately, our babysitter was like she had to leave at eleven. And of course, guess what time? Um, eleven. No. Ten forty-five. No. Well, we had to leave by ten thirty. Okay. So guess what time? Ice Cube came on. 1020. About 1020. Yeah, yeah we, saw, <laughs> we saw two songs. But what was cool is Tino Cochino invited me. So we were in a skybox mm-hmm. um, with some of his people. And it was, a, it was a fun, cool experience. But it was just different not having a drink in my hand. It was like, what do I even do when there's nothing happening, right? Smoke some weed. <laughs> no <laughs> well, chocolates? Yeah, no. No, I went, I went completely sober. It was an interesting experience. So um, next concert, I'll probably have a drink. I'll be honest with you. Nice. As long as it's next month. Yeah, next month. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So I those guess. are our intentions. Obviously, later on in the episode, we're going to come up with some more intentions. I would imagine every week or we're going to continue the same intentions. Or you got a new one this week, Steve, you well, trying to focus on? Let's get into that after. Like, For we'll, sure. I think we said it some, but I also want to challenge him at the end. Um, to set some intentions for the week, and then we can follow up since we see him every day. We can find out if he did it, and we can we'll report hold you back. accountable. Yeah, that's true, a lot more than a kill. Hopefully, I see you guys every single day. Yeah, and Nick started at the gym, so oh, yeah, I major mean, props it, to Nick. It's a trend. I see some some other people doing it, so hopefully, I even may work out a deal with Shane that he doesn't charge anybody, and he helps build a, a training program for them, and then I just cover the bill, like work a deal with him since he rents the space for me. Um, I think that's a good idea, Steve, especially because you know better than anybody. People that work out just feel better and just have more energy. And I told Nick today, he was so worried about getting back. I think yesterday he didn't finish his workout for some reason. And I'm like, bro, if you are working out, you you can take longer than an hour. Like, take an hour and 15 minutes as long as you're trying to better yourself. If you're out there smoking weed or doing whatever and playing video games or scrolling, you got to get back to work. But if you're actually benefiting yourself, working out, take take a little extra time. Don't sweat it. Yeah, super dope on your half, for sure. 100%. That's cool, Steve. And, like, again, like, it just 
goes back to the business, you know, like people feel good, people want to put out better work, people just, you know, have just feel good being so here at work. So when are you coming to the gym? <laughs> I was just about to say, so by the end of the thing, he's going to hold you accountable and put you yeah. in the gym. I that don't to have to be your intention, though. Come up with something personal. No, I should start working out more, but I do do stuff outside of this gym. I know? understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I should, honestly, be more consistent, but I do try to hit the gym at least three times a week, whether it's just running, couple, you know, lift, uh, weightlifting, because muscle's important. I'm not yeah. super consistent on it. I hit it for the sauna, but... Um, it's so easy that it's right here. That's the main reason that why I go. It's yeah, like yeah. I just walk out the door and I'm there. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like one of those things, though, like I want to do it because literally it's right there. There's no excuse. But like some lunches, I'm like running to go pick up some material or I'm always running around doing something where like I can't, I feel like I can't keep it consistent. It's, it needs to be a priority. Yeah, like that's the thing, yeah. you know. It needs to be a priority. So. For sure. Well, well let, let's get into your story, man. So why don't you tell the people, and I've heard some of this story before of how yeah. you got into sneakers, but really, I'm curious, you know, about you growing up, like, tell us a little bit about your family, For growing sure. up in Phoenix, and then really getting to the point where you started getting into sneakers. For sure. I mean, you guys know my story, but a lot of people don't. Um, the journey's still going. Uh, I mean, I'm born, born and raised here in Phoenix, dude, and I'm super proud of that. I remember back then, I used to always question my dad when he first migrated from Mexico over here. I'm like, why'd you pick Phoenix, man? It's so freaking hot. Yeah. And there's nothing out here. But over the years, like, I've came to appreciate Arizona and Phoenix so much just because it's beautiful, honestly. It's a cool it's, spot. It's a cool spot. It's beautiful. Like, even our location, dude, like, I love it. You know, if you go to the back around 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, you get an awesome view to the skyline of Phoenix, an awesome view to our sunsets. And Phoenix has some of the most beautiful sunsets in the world. Yeah. If you go in front of many roads, you get a nice view of Camelback Mountain. And that's I love seeing that mountain for some reason. So all yeah. those things I just appreciate so much. It's, it's interesting you say that because a lot of times I get so focused that I don't even notice that. Yeah. yeah, like even when I drive home, there's a mountain view as I'm driving down the street. And sometimes I'm like, man, this is really this is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Right. But sometimes I'm just so in my thoughts that I don't even appreciate. And it. that happens to me, too. But like. That's just one thing that every single day I look forward to, whether I'm awesome. driving or I go outside. When I'm, if I'm working, most most days I'm working here past eight o'clock, seven o'clock, but I try to like go outside just right here in the back and just go look at the canal, go it's look dope. at the sunset. It's like one of my favorite things in the world. But going back to talking about Phoenix, you know, like where I'm at now and just the industry too, like Phoenix is still up and coming, you know, like mm -hmm. compared to these other cities like L.A., Chicago, New York. So like they I think hit their cap, you know, to an extent, you yeah. know, but Phoenix is still growing. You know, a lot of people, a lot of brands have came out here over the years. There's more and more stuff happening here in Phoenix now. You know, like a small example is um, Rigi. You know, he is now connected with the Coyotes. He chose to come here to Phoenix because there's he knows there's opportunity here in Phoenix. So that's just one example of, you know, the opportunities and the growth that Phoenix is experiencing. And. So, yeah, so going back to what I was talking about over the years and just doing what I'm doing, I'm super happy that I'm here in Phoenix, you know? Like, I don't think I'd have the same opportunities if I was anywhere else. And going back to, like, 10 years ago, 8 years ago, when I joined Rejuvenator, um, the stars lined up type thing, you know? Like, me doing what I do here in Phoenix, Rejuvenator being here based out in Phoenix, like, it's just one of those things that just stuff connected. Where's your family from? My family's from Mexico. They're from a small town called Salinas, uh, 
a small pueblo to the big city called San Luis Potosí. It's a pretty far drive. We go out there every year. Is your whole you and your siblings all born in the U.S.? We're all born in the U.S. Uh, I was born in '93. My brother was born four years later, and my sister was born years. My sister was born four years after my little brother. So we're all four years apart. Damn. Um, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? When did your family? When did your mom and dad get get here? My dad crossed the border a few times. Actually, this is back in the '80s, so it's a lot easier compared to now. So he did it like a good two or three times. The uh, third one was the one where he like kind of decided to stay. The third one's when he brought my mom over here. Okay. Uh, the first two times, like the first one, I think he came through on a train. So like on the bottom of the train, there's this little like compartment where like people can squeeze in. He was under there for like a good 24 hours before he was even able to get out and like move around and do anything. So that was one experience. Uh, the second one was he's and he's got caught too. Like where like he was basically in Texas waiting to get picked up and immigration caught them really? and they took him all the way back. See, this is, I didn't know this. And I know his dad because we work together and all that. And we got to show, we need a picture to show a picture next to him. Cause he looks <laughs> just like his dad, but yeah. his dad's obviously older. It's an older Papa but Vic. but yeah. The, yeah, they definitely have a, a similar look to them. Okay. So keep going. Cause that's, yeah. I'm super interested. In yeah, yeah. And then my, you know, when my dad came over here, he was still with my mom. My mom was back home. Uh, they were still together, you know, after about a year. He went back for her, brought her over here, and it got super lucky type thing. Like, they were in the taxi, waiting across the, bo- waited across the border. My dad at that point already had his residential card, so he was able to cross the border. But my mom was, like, going over to the U.S. for the first time ever. So, like, it was, like, pretty freaking sketch. So they were in the taxi waiting to, like, get to the border. Mm-hmm. Or crossing the border, and they asked them for her identification, and she was just acting like she was looking for it, you know, taking forever. They just said, go ahead. Exactly. Yeah. She just let them pass by, just like that. And, you know, after that, she just stayed over here. A few years later, they get their residential, um, and then after that, they get their citizenship. And we've gone to Mexico so many times since, but they've been through a lot, you know. They came over here with absolutely nothing, you know, yeah. so they had a small small studio didn't have any money for a pillow basic necessities but they made it work dude so um how long after they got to the u.s did they have you you're the oldest right? i'm the oldest yeah. so a year later or so okay. not even so i was part of that little bit of the struggle at, at first i remember you know apartments living in pretty crappy places you know eventually we started coming up and you know got to where we're at but yeah it was kind of a struggle at first so walk me through, like, elementary school. Elementary school. So, like, I remember entering kindergarten, dude. I did not know English. Okay. You know, I was raised in a, in a Spanish that household. That could be challenging. Was, <laughs> the thing is, though, it wasn't that bad. Like, I, I guess as a kid, you pick up the language a lot easier than you do when you're older because I don't remember struggling that much. I watched a lot of TV, you know. I was around a bunch of kids that spoke nothing but English. The teacher spoke English, so I think naturally you just pick up on all that stuff and you just have to learn well, English. But it's interesting because you, and, it, and it's probably doing that as a kid because you don't even have an accent. Like I talked to my buddy, uh, um, Javier, yeah. and he's he speaks good English, but you can tell that he's... Yeah, yes and no, man. I think my, my accent definitely does come out sometimes. I have like a, a Spanglish sometimes where like, I don't remember the words in English or I don't remember remember words in Spanish where I have to combine certain things. It's so annoying, dude, like having, knowing two different languages because I could be having good English and then out of nowhere I just forget 
what to even say. Shit, I, I wish I spoke too fucking Yeah, me like too. Random me. question, though. Yeah. I've always wondered this for someone who's bilingual or trilingual. When you dream, what, like, <laughs> is, is there a, a language? Are you dreaming a, a certain week. language? Yeah. or I, How does that work? I'm mostly English, dude. Most English? of, yeah, yeah. Like, I can understand Spanish 100%. Me speaking Spanish is a bit more of a struggle. Not to say that I can't, but, like, holding a good, easy conversation is a little tougher for me, but... English is a lot easier for me on my end, and so my I'm dreams are my dreams are English, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So fifth, so f- so kindergarten, you learn. How long does it take you to learn English? I think it was pretty fast, bro. I don't first remember, year, first f- couple months, to be honest, because okay. I don't remember str- struggling that whole school year, like trying to learn English. I think I picked it up pretty quickly, and that's again, I think that goes back to television, you know, kids shows, Sesame Street, Arthur, all those yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. I just love watching so, that. So and at the, and at that point, you're you're brother is, is your brother brother, second? brother yeah. yeah so he's four years apart so when i'm in kindergarten he's like one he's like one so it's a funny story before kindergarten obviously most most kids go to preschool i had to get taken out of preschool early because my brother was just a crying baby dude like he, he <laughs> could not be at the daycare and t- they could not take care of him and my mom cannot well i don't even remember the story so like he was he was difficult. He was difficult okay. for sure. So I just couldn't go to preschool because of him. So I got taken out early. And I had to wait till kindergarten to go back. Um, but my little brother, him and I are super close, dude. Like him and I, he, yeah, we're he works for us. Yeah, he, I see him every single day. Dude. Super was cool. Spanish his first language too, or was English? No, kind of I think because it, you're, as his older brother, you he had both yeah. off the rip. You know, so English and Spanish, he just learned both at the same time. And same thing with my sister. That's what good about your parents? Do they speak English? Or My dad's uh, pretty fluent in English. My mom understands English fully, but she's still learning. Um, but yeah, they're both pretty good on English. That's cool because a lot of <coughs> bilingual parents, like from Mexico, some of them don't teach their kids it's, Spanish. Yeah, yeah. And like at home, dude, like when I talk to them, I'm talking to them in English because I'm trying to get them to get their yeah, English yeah, yeah. up. You of course. Know? And they're talking. They're responding in Spanish. And they're trying to get me to get work on my Spanish. You know, and my mom's big on like me reading in Spanish yeah, and yeah. me listening to stuff in Spanish because awesome. uh, she knows down the line that's going to be, be super beneficial for what I do. You know, yeah. having multiple languages under my belt. So what happens next? So you know, that's basically kindergarten, dude. <laughs> so like, I learn English and stuff. You know, I'm a good student. Uh, What's good student mean? Like, what kind of grades you getting? I got decent grades. You know, I I was disciplined. You know, okay. I had good parents that were on me, like making sure I got my stuff done. Yeah. They're they're like, you're gonna take advantage of this shit. One thousand percent. We fucking went through hell to get you here. Yeah. And, and I think about all that. Think about that all the time. Like, let's zoom forward to now. I can't fail type thing because a yeah. lot of people have gone through a lot to get me to where I'm at. You know, so yeah, they suffered a lot. So. Going back to, you know, school years, I was pretty disciplined. You know, I made sure all my homework was done, get good grades and all that kind of stuff. I was good in that area. Uh, fifth grade came around. That's kind of when I started getting into shoes. Okay, I let's rem- hear it. I remember the first shoe that got me, like, super hyped, and it was the LeBron 2 All-Stars. And this was the full locker and spectrum. I remember Tesh. Tesh used to work there. Um, he's he's the local here. He runs Heated Soul Summit. Uh I was in fifth grade. He was working there as a manager. I've he was already him. working yeah, there? Yeah, dude. How, I, I, how much older is Tesh than you? He's a few years older than me. That's how far back we go. And I remember talking to him, me and my dad, and, like, I was asking him how many shoes he has. And he, he was, like, over 100. And I was blown away, you know, because as a fifth grader. How old are you in fifth grade? I was uh, 11, 12, maybe? 10, 11. 10 okay. years old. 10, 11. 
Okay. So he was probably 17 or 18 or okay, something. So he's like teens. six or seven years older than you. Exactly. <laughs> so that's how far me and Tesh go back. But that's, that's kind of cool. what got me into shoes, the all-star LeBron twos. Does he remember that conversation? Yeah. yeah well, he like remembers years it. later after you met him, you're like, I met you here. I don't know if he remembers that specific conversation, but I used to go to Spectrum Christown a lot yeah. just because of the shoes thing. So I would see him a lot. So he remembers me and my brother for, you know, just all the interactions we would have. That's it's crazy because when I was a kid, I would go there too. I never met Tesh that way. I met him through my cousin because uh, they went to high school together. But there's the same old manager that's been there he's for been like there for 30 years. years. I was just uh, there last month when we were looking for the Pumas. Uh-huh. Same yeah, he's dude. That's still there every time I, I see him. Like, bro, how long when has he worked there? He has to be 25 years. I'm wow. 30. And he literally, I was seven or eight going to that mall and seeing that dude. There. I remember interviewing for him. Dude, they did not hire me <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Same guy. That's funny. But I yeah. don't like him no more. <laughs> <laughs> no, it worked out. Oh, but hell yeah, it worked out. All Star 2s, I begged my parents to get me those shoes. And they were uh, over $100, you know. And at the time, fifth grade as a kid. My parents yeah. were not dropping that kind of money. Of and I would get one pair of shoes, you know, per school year. When I asked for those shoes, it was like around April or May, end of school year. So they compromised with me. They're like, okay, we'll get you the shoes, but going into the next school year, you're not getting another pair of shoes. Okay. So I was like, screw it. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got them, sixth grade. I'm still wearing these freaking shoes that I beat up over the summer. But Did it was, you outgrow them, or did they get an I, extra size so you could grow into them? At that point, I was pretty steady with my size seven okay. or something, so I wore them until like they had holes and stuff. I cut the straps off, and I kept them for a while. I think I lost them at some point. But that's the shoe that got me into shoes. And after that, I remember going to Steven's Shoes a lot, too. Steven's Shoes is a big store here. Well, it was a big store here. I yeah. think there's only one location left. They used to have a big... <clears throat> you went through one on the west side? The one right here on 43rd and Indian School. Okay, they had one there, then one, like, super west. Like 51st 67, and Best... 51st? 50, 55th Avenue and Bethany, I believe. I used to go to that one. I used to go to all of them. I went to one on the east side, 24th Street. I was never on the east side. That's what, like, a 24th Street or, like, 20th, right yeah, by the freeway. They had all the shoes. Jordans, Nikes. I remember seeing the black hats on the shelves. Aids, set, like mm-hmm. all the stuff from that era, they were there. But again, I didn't have what year buy is that this? stuff. 2005, 2006, 2007, Kay. after. Um, but after that, dude, it just really got. I, I really got into shoes, but I couldn't afford shoes again. I was fifth grade, sixth grade. My parents were not dropping that kind of money. I did not have a job, so it was just like window shopping for years. Um, seventh grade, dude. Seventh grade is really when I started getting into like restoring shoes, and. Again, going back to one pair of shoes per school year, I would get, this is the seventh grade, 2007, Air Forces were big, got a, bear, uh, got a pair of brand new white Air Forces beginning of the school year, used to do my best to keep them clean until, you know, like you think they're clean and then you go to full locker and whatever and then you see a brand new white pair <laughs> of shoes and you realize that white isn't that white white. Yeah. Um, so I would go home every single day and paint my shoes with that paint, that white yep. shoe paint like shoe All polish. Of us did that. Yeah. Every, but every single day when you would wear them, anything you scuff, you get like a mark. So I would get home, scrub all that paint off with a bucket of water and some soap and a brush, scrub it all off, let them dry. By eight o'clock, nine, they're dry. Sit there, paint the shoes white all over again. I did that every single day uh, for so many months in seventh grade and eighth grade as well. Um, and that's what got me into like just trying to keep my shoes clean, you know, okay. using. Soap, an old brush that my mom used to clean her old bathroom, and that white shoe polish, man, that shit got me going for months, man. Two years, basically, seventh grade and eighth grade. Um, high school came around. Again, I was still into shoes. It wasn't until, like, sophomore year where I realized 
what shoes really are, like the resale value and stuff. Yeah. 2009, the Space Jams, you know, the Space Jams came out and like I knew the movie Space Jam, uh, the, the, I knew the movie Space Jam and how big those 11s were in that movie. I wanted them bad and they come out and I wait like three days later and I go to Full Locker like, hey, do you guys have these in my size? Like, oh. idiot. And I'm like, dude, they sold yeah. out like instantly. Oh. So that's when I realized there's a resale game and yeah, like, you know, like that. exactly. And that's kind of what really got me into shoes. But still, sophomore year, I was I didn't have a job. I was still in high school, didn't have money, so I realized I could go to Craigslist or these other sites and you know find shoes for cheaper, Used. way way cheaper, because nobody at the time was you know buying shoes to restore them or clean them up. Yeah. So I was buying shoes for forty bucks, fifty bucks, and cleaning them up and making them worth a lot more. And that's really what got me going. So. Dude. You would you buy them for yourself, clean them, or would you buy them? I buy everything for myself. You know, I was big. So on you weren't buying them, cleaning them, and reselling them. Not really. I okay. was like focused on myself. So being just fresh size, whatever I, size you are. Eight hey, and a half, is, nine. You know, okay. high school, just trying to be the best fit. You know, dress the best as I can. And in high school, I worked with my dad every single Saturday. Yeah. That was my only job I had. Um, cause I was just focused in school. I didn't have time for a, a job, and I don't think I was even old enough, fourteen or fifteen, to have a job. But I was working with my dad Saturdays, and I would have, I think I would get 150 bucks per month. That was basically my budget for haircuts, clothes, whatever lunch I wanted to buy, my bus fare. But I made it work. It's pay for yourself, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure at this point, though, in high school, other people peeped what you were doing. Yeah, yeah, Did for they sure. ever, like, come at you and said, hey, yo, I got some busted ones. Can senior, you look me up? That was senior year, you know, right before I graduated high school. Um, people I got a question before we get into that because I've heard the story. I thought that, and I could be remembering yeah, yeah. this story wrong. For some reason, I remember hearing that you spray painted a pair of shoes silver you or know something. What? That's funny, man. That's actually true. That goes back to seventh grade as well. So let that me was, hear that story. So yeah, this is what I'm trying to buy. Never shoes. heard this one. So let's yeah, my uh, barber friend had a pair of blazers. Um, I forgot the name of them. I think they're called anthracites. <coughs> and they had a chrome swoosh. The colorway had some red, gray, and white sole. Super clean. What really had me was the chrome swooshes. He had a pair, but he beat them up to the point where that chrome was flaking off. So I was able to get them for like 15 bucks or something, but they were still cleanable. Like everything else cleaned up nicely with some soap and water, but the swooshes were just like, they had no chrome. So I went to like AutoZone, I believe. Bought myself one of those metallic chrome spray cans, taped up the shoe, spent like two hours taping up the shoe, sprayed it. It came out super freaking sick. Like it was what it was supposed to look like, chromey. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I think the next day I throw them on feet as I'm walking to school, dude, that shit's just crumbling, crum flaking yeah. right off, man. So was that your first like I would say so, man. Besides the white slash restoration? 100%. Yeah. That probably goes all the way back to that. Between, you know, using white shoe polish on my Air Force Ones, that's more so where I kind of got crafty with it. Got yeah, some yeah, tape yeah. from, you know, my parents' garage. Yeah, wrong tape. Auto, exactly, yeah. horrible tape. <laughs> you know, horrible paint. Scotch but, tape. Yeah, horrible yeah. stuff. But, that, yeah, dude, good memory. That, that's actually probably my first restoration slash custom, I guess. Okay. So yeah. tell us senior year then. Senior year, man, like, senior year was fun just because, again, I did good in my high school. I did, I did good in high school to the point where I was getting off early. Um, I was off by 12 o'clock. I was chilling for the most part. I still didn't have a job. To this day, dude, the only jobs I ever had is rejuvenator and working with my dad. Hey, and, uh, clap it up for you. Yeah, yeah, there you fire, go. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, you, you worked down. I mean, I don't know if you worked for them, but whatever. Pound that, for pound? Yeah, those yes idiots. Yes and no. Like, I, was just, I, was, <laughs> I was just <laughs> taking, like, 
restorations. I was just picking them up, taking them home. Gotcha. So I was just always but rooting that's for a myself. Job. So you're job working ish. for yourself. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. restoring though, essentially. Yeah, yeah. That's like yeah, it's, passion. it's still doing later. what I'm doing. Nah, you mean since seventh grade? Yeah, this was going on in 2014, 2015 before I joined Rejuvenator. So, so go back to <laughs> senior year. Senior year. So senior year. I was doing that stuff on the side. I was getting off school early. I still didn't really have a job. My priority was just having a good time in senior year. I was, you know, playing basketball with the homies, you know. Smoking weed yet? No, not a, a little bit, okay. you know, a little bit. I was just only doing it at nights. And this is during the time where I'd be like, or I smoke. I remember smoking once at night, like hot boxing with the homies. Got so high that the next day I was still high. I'm like, I don't want to ever be high during the day. This sucks. Yeah, yeah, you know, I 10 years you. later, I don't know about that. But, yeah, not very much. So I was very into, like, sports, very into, like, just hanging out with friends, into shoes and stuff, getting into, like, just trying to figure out how to paint shoes, really. Like, because okay. I bought a pair junior year, before senior year, a pair of 2001 Black Cement 3s. From my good, from a good friend. I forgot his name right now, so he's not really he good friend. Good friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could have been, but yeah. Um, but I uh, got that pair. They weren't in horrible condition, but if you guys are familiar with 2001 Black Cement 3s, those always need a midsole repaint. The paint fades away. The, the paint on the Nike Air was fading off, so I tried restoring in that, that stuff. And today, that's like I could do that stuff with my eyes closed. At the time... I tried painting the Nike Air. It just looked so freaking bad. It looked like I tried painting it with my toenails, dude. Like, it was just horrible brush strokes. Um, I, I sp for average midsole repaint, you use, like, a drop of paint. It doesn't take much. On those shoes, I spent, like, two four-ounce bottles of paint, <laughs> you know, and I was using a sponge. Just overdoing yeah. it. Overdoing yeah. it, you know, using a sponge to, like, because I, I wasn't trying to get brush strokes, and I didn't have an airbrush at the time. So I was using a sponge method, just soaking up the paint. And uh, I realized I, I wasn't getting anywhere, so I scrapped that project, sold them off, attempted it again on some bread fours from 2008 CDPs. Okay. I spent all summer restoring that pair because, again, if you guys are familiar with that pair, the paint on that shoe flakes off so easily. So I got all the paint off, once again attempted to repaint, literally spent like a month redoing it, re just doing it, redoing it, just taking off all the paint until it looked right. And I got it to look right. What paint were you using? Angelus paint still. Okay. You know, I was getting it from turtlefeathers.com. That was the OG site for Angelus. And uh, I got the stuff. Took me a solid month, but I eventually got it right. I went into senior year with those bread forests, and it looked good, dude. And I sold them off later on. But that was my first successful restoration. And really, I started doing that going into senior year little by little. And again, it was just for my stuff. And some of the friends would send me some stuff as well, but I wasn't advertising it. Instagram, yeah. I... Instagram was a thing, but I wasn't, again, promoting anything like that. I wasn't focusing on that. Uh, and then, okay, I graduate high school. I go into college the following year, the following uh, September. I go to Grand Canyon, not Grand Canyon, Glendale Community College, GCC. And at the time, I was just going f to get a business degree, you know, and like. Just going. Just to go, to go exactly, because yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. I was just going just because I had to go. What else am I going to do? And I, I didn't like it, dude. I hated yeah, it. You, want, you wanted to you wanted to do something. Your parents probably wanted you to go to college. Exactly. So. And at the time, still, like, the, there was no roadmap for shoes. Yeah. You know, that was never an option, really, until I, I'll, when, get, I'll get there. When did you, so you did a couple 
did a couple restorations. When did you really feel like, man, I'm kind of good at this? So Before that, let's talk about your first custom, first, your first commission custom that you did. I've heard this story, yeah. but I'm sure other people haven't. What Steve's saying, that comes first before I get to there. Okay, okay, yeah, I want to talk to So, yeah, I, I go my whole freshman year in college just going for school, going to school. I, and I, again, I hated it, dude. I was just taking all types of shortcuts, just going to just go in between classes. I'm on iPad watching The Walking Dead, <laughs> not really doing homework. Um, during that year, as I'm doing work, I'm starting to post it on Instagram. <coughs> you know, I'm trying to really advertise it and promote it. This page at the time called AZ Kicks reshared it, and they, they were a pretty big page. Maybe had like 6,000, 5,000 uh, followers. And that's kind of what got me on the map. You know, a bunch of sneakerheads followed that page. They started following me. They started DMing me, and I was answering everybody, you know. And they, I was taking on projects, had a lot of before and after to show, you know, all that stuff just at uh, all that stuff just, you know, I knocked out all that stuff and it would bring in more work and more work and more work it's to the cool. point where like I was doing that for two, three years. And going back to Robert's question, my first official custom was around that time. It was for uh, a, a lesbian couple that were getting married and they wanted, was it two? It was, a, it was one pair of shoes. It was for one of them. It was the ugliest colorway ever, and I've never done a custom before. There was a, a salmon tone and a teal tone. Wasn't familiar with stencils, wasn't familiar with anything, but I wanted to take on the project. Went to Walmart, bought like some little crappy stickers, laid them down, painted over them. It worked good as a stencil. The custom overall turned out good. It wasn't crappy looking. I made it work. Towards the end, when I was almost done with the custom, I had my little brother, Yared, wrap it up by drying the shoes he just needed to dry the freaking shoes that's all he needed to do and he gets i've he, heard this yeah <laughs> he, he just you know starts watching the tv like a 10 year old just you know starts drifting off into space leaves the heat gun onto the tongue for like way too long and i'm focused on something else thinking he has it next thing you know i hear him say like i think he's like says my name in a in a certain way where he's like worried or he you knows know. he, he, he fucked yeah. up you know yeah. and i turn around and you can just tell by his face he's just in shock and uh, at that point, I look at the shoe, dude. There's a fat hole right in the middle of the shoe. And like, at, that, dude, at that time, <laughs> that time I had 500 bucks to my name. I, I was thinking I had to replace the whole shoe, redo the whole project. And they're about to get married in two days. Yeah. So I was like, fuck, how, how am I going to fix this? Luckily, the laces and the lace lock was just enough to cover it up. So it wasn't too big of a deal. I explained it to them. They were super cool with it, luckily. They paid me, and that was that. You know, I've never heard from them again. Don't even know if the custom still exists. I hope they do. You know, I hope they're yeah, still married. I'm and sure I hope, they probably got it. So. Oh, yeah, hopefully it's in the middle of the living room on display. <laughs> um, but that was my first official custom. And the restorations, I was, you know, starting to knock them out. I was doing that for a good two to three years. I started doing that in 2013, 2015. You know, I was just kind of burnt out, dude. I was kind of tired of doing it. It was just restorations and restorations. And what were you charging back then? Not enough. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but you're learning, so you, you know, can't. Not enough and, like. We'll get, what do you think? Like, what It just depends. You know, let's say for uh, midsole repaint. Jordan 3, midsole repaint, yeah. cleaning and everything, yellowing, probably like 60, 80, 60 to 80 bucks. Definitely and I was, not enough. Yeah, I was yeah. spending hours on that thing. Yeah. And, and you guys know that I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. So I would not let anything go if it didn't look how, good. How long would it take you to do a project like that? I would spend like all day type thing, like from yeah. morning to night. And again, I was working out of my house doing this out of my room, really. So I had my bed in the corner of my room. Luckily, my room was pretty big, but it's still, it's, it, after like a year or two, like it got filled up pretty quickly with all the shoe boxes, all the tools that I would use. 
So I was waking up and going to sleep working with shoes. What I love about that, and I got the chills, is because you weren't so worried about making the most money, right? When you're starting, you were really trying to perfect your craft and put out good work. So you were probably making five bucks an hour. Yeah. When you could have gone, you could have gone and got a job for, I don't know how much people were making money, back then. A hundred percent. I had all my friends, you know, having real jobs and stuff and doing all the, you know, not spending as much time at work and making a lot more money for when I was, you know, focusing on the craft, not making much money, head down all the time for years. Yeah, you were obsessed. And I'm still obsessed. Yeah. You know, I'm still like want to be the best I can. I'm still trying to learn everything I can. I'm here a lot of the nights, you know working on stuff, trying new stuff, seeing what I can do different, you know? So I, I still feel that same way. You know, I still haven't lost that spark, I think. Um, so go back, because I interrupted you. Okay. Go back to you kind of lost some steam. I lost some steam for sure, though, you know? So kind of talking about what I was saying, you know, that's all that stuff was in my room. You know, I was waking up yeah. to shoes, going to sleep <laughs> to shoes, bro. Yeah. I, I was sick of it, you yeah. know? And it wasn't even healthy, dude. I was, like, spraying matte finish in my room. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, gluing yeah. shoes with Bart's, man. There's no way that was healthy. Bye-bye brain cells. Yeah, dude. I'm sure I lost hell of those couple years. Um, I was drained, though. And, like, those restorations <clears throat> were, t- after two years, like, they were repetitive. Midsole repaints, yeah. cleanings, you know? Like, I was good at them. Were you already at pound for pound at that point? I was, yeah, exactly. I was doing stuff through pound for pound um, for those couple years. You know, I, I was, it was really just, like, me stopping by, like, once a week, dropping stuff off, picking stuff up. And that was basically, it was like, it made me more legit in that way, having that spot, having an actual spot for people to come by instead of them coming to my house. So, and I know Fran is the one that found you. Fran for sure, man. So Fran is, he's actually over here. He's filming today. He's been with us for a long time as well. That's right. Um, I give, always give credit to Fran for finding a few different people, but how, how did that happen? That was, that was the universe, man. So like. This is around the time where I was burnt out, dude. Like, I was over it. I wanted to stop doing what I was doing just because I was waking up to that stuff, sleeping to that stuff. The work was endless. I was, I had mountains of shoes. And I, I think you remember when I f- first moved into this building, I had a lot of shoes yeah. everywhere, you know, and I had clients hitting me up all the time. Um, so and I w- you, weren't, you weren't charging the right a- price. Exactly, yeah. you know. So with all that being said, I was just over it, done, yeah. trying to figure something else out. And that's just kind of when uh, Fran and Rob – uh, knocked on the door. You know, I remember that year it was, I think the Super Bowl was here in Arizona. The Super Bowl, there was a Super Bowl event through the Heated Soul. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I went to that. Yeah, you yeah. were there. Fran and, Robert, Fran and Robert was there too. And um, not this Robert, other Rob. And Were you already working for us when that Super Bowl? No, no? not okay. yet. That's kind of what sparked the whole thing. And I still remember that conversation. Gotcha. You know, I was, you know, just... I did a custom for one of the players of the of the Patriots, you know, that was kind of cool. But I was just kind of walking around saying what's up to everybody, and uh, I was talking to Rob. And Rob, I think at that point, Rob and Fran already talked beforehand, you know, about potentially, you know, doing videos around me. So yeah. Rob, at that event, threw me the idea of possibly, you know, doing videos, having an office at your guys' spot. And before all that... Uh, Rob already gave me some stuff to do restorations on Raging yep. Bull Fives, a couple, e- yeah, a couple easy stuff. <clears throat> so I was already like, had a small relationship going on with Rob. So I remember before that like, going into the old Rejuvenator uh, headquarters and just walking around and seeing all that. I'm like, damn, this place is so freaking cool. <laughs> and I remember uh, 
going into Fran's old office, which became my yeah. studio. And I remember seeing that. I'm like, dude, it'd be so cool to work here. And that was a, bef- a year before I joined Rejuvenator. So I that remember. was a year before? Yeah, it was a year okay. before. So I remember walking in. I still remember that feeling, dude. I was walking in, going to that hallway, looking at that office. There was a big window right yeah. there. It later like, became my office. Yeah. yeah, you know, like, that'd be so cool to work here. A year later, dude, I'm there. But. Yeah, at that event, they pitched, uh, Rob pitched me the idea of, like, making videos, having an office there. And, like, it was, sounded all cool, but it didn't sound too official the way he was pitching it. So, uh-huh. like, I didn't take it too seriously. But I know it was in the back of my mind. And I didn't give him a straight answer. So, it so wasn't. Why, why did it take a year? So, this, when we had that conversation, that was in February or something, okay. or March. Yep. Super Bowl. When I visited when I visited the headquarters the first time, that was a summer before that, okay. and I was doing work, gotcha. just little restorations here and there. So we're in February, March when they sparked that conversation. It isn't until a couple months later, I think, we talk about it again and again. Nothing too official. It wasn't later till later down the line where like Fran and Rob, well Fran really hit me up and he was like, dude. I'm going to find somebody else. If you don't give me a straight answer right now, are you going to do it or not? There you go, Fran. It's like around November, you know, and I'm like, fuck. All right, I'm in. You know, let's do it. This is November. At this point, though, Steve, how long was Rejuvenator already on YouTube before you brought Vic on? Like on YouTube consistently? Yeah. Uh, That's a question for Fran. I don't even know. I mean, I did YouTube videos when I first started, but I wasn't, like, doing them consistently. I would say it probably started with him, I guess. Yeah, the series started with him, and then we started doing cleaning videos. So it's probably about the same time yeah. that we really started oh. getting things going. Because I remember Fran coming to me and like, hey, man, I think we should bring this guy on. Um, we can create content. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's figure out a, a way to, to make it happen. So um, I didn't realize that, you know, that conversation had been going for so long. Yeah, there's like little conversations, Rob and Fran just kind of throwing yeah, at yeah. me. But I never gave him a straight answer, nor did I, did I ever feel like it was anything real until Fran approached me like around November, October time. And I uh, joined the company right after uh, Thanksgiving, 2015, November. So Thanksgiving weekend passed by. That Monday, I packed all my stuff into my car and uh, took over Fran's old office. So before all that, you know, we just kind of sat down, Fran and I, talked about what I could be doing for the, for Rejuvenator. And at the time, like, I was pretty nervous, you know, just because I'd never been on camera and never done any of that <laughs> uh, stuff. We you know? should, we should, in this video, we should bring up one of his first videos. That's right. uh, at yeah. least talk about it. Tell, yeah. tell us, what was the first video you did for the channel? Uh, so, I packed all my stuff that Monday, had all my stuff set up at the new office. I think the following day or two, Fran and I just sat down for, like, a good two to three weeks and just knocked out seven to eight videos. That way, 2016, the first Monday, we have you know, a video to get it going and for at least for two months because this is the time where Fran was leaving to back to Philadelphia, you know. So we had to shoot all these different videos, have them locked and ready for the month of January and February. I didn't realize those were right at that same time. Yeah, it was all happening at the same time. Yeah, okay. A lot was going on during that time. Yeah, there was a lot happening. You know, so we did all those videos that week. It was a long two weeks for Fran and I and, like, I remember sitting down it didn't hit me that I'd never been on camera until, like, Fran <laughs> turned off the lights. Yeah. It was just three <laughs> lights beaming on me. <clears throat> Fran, you know, does his three, two, one, go. And, yeah. like, 
Yeah, I, f- I froze, dude. I, I froze <laughs> so bad, and I froze for the rest of the following three years or so. It was three years. Yeah, it took, it took me, he definitely struggled to. I still struggle. Yeah, but you're so much better than you were. Oh, dude, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was a rough year. You know, we, it, it was. So give, give me a clap for pers- persevering and challenging himself and not quitting because a lot of yeah. people just fucking quit. Yeah, oh, this isn't for me. I don't like being on camera. It's a little too nerve-wracking for me, but you stuck it out and grinded it. Yeah, dude, yeah. I wanted it. You yeah, know, I wanted good. to work there. I wanted to be just wanted to be there. That's all, you know. I, I still want to be here. So, I, I still suck in front of the camera. I still have a rough time being in front of the camera, you know. That's the part of my job that I have a hard time with to this day. Yeah. But that doesn't take away from me wanting to do it, you know. Yeah, well, that's challenging yourself and you're going to be a better person 100%. Because, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh 2015 knocked out like seven to eight videos those two weeks with Fran at the time dude like I I did those videos and I basically just went home you know like there was nothing else for me to do there it was I was in and out of the office not really there consistently I was kind of just hanging out because I now started getting a check from a company you know so I wasn't like relying on having to be hands-on every single day so like that November December and January were like two or two or three of the chillest months I've ever had once I knocked out those videos, because I was able to unwind from doing all those restorations from like three years back to back to back. I now had a different source of income coming my way. But I was super nervous, though, because we did all those videos, but I wasn't sure how the audience was going to, you know, accept. You know, mm-hmm. like they could just hate the videos or get no views. Who, who was there anybody else doing it at this time? It was just retro Snickers, retro Snickers. That was probably our biggest competition, and for years we would always go look at his analytics, compare yeah. well, ourselves. Well, he worked. To him. He worked with us, which was another yeah. thing that that Fran brought me. I'm like, yeah. Um, so there weren't many people doing it. Different time, time for sure, and just in general, there wasn't too many sneaker YouTubers, you know, doing this kind of stuff. There was, but not as much as there is now. Yeah, of course, it's a lot strange. I'd be curious to look back at those videos too to see how many views, if they're still all live. I'm sure they are. 100%. Like the older, wait, the retro Snicker videos or ours? No, ours. I think, I'm pretty sure they are, man, because I get Your a lot of messages ones. still about people wanting to, re- remember we used to sell paint, the ceilings yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. People still email for that kind of stuff. Oh, really? I'm yeah. like, bro, it's yeah. been a few years now. Yeah. But yeah, I, those people still follow those videos. The cool thing about those videos is that there's good, no- uh, good knowledge in them. So like a lot of people just want to know how to restore a basic Black Cement 3 or a basic Jordan 1, you know, a lot of people are not dealing with rare sample OVO eights that we're dealing with now. So those videos, timeless. those videos yeah, are, are timeless too. Yeah. You know, they're the, people can go back to them for years and the knowledge is there. So uh, when, when did you <clears throat> first see one of these videos and see like the traction and be like, damn, I think the first one, man, really? Yeah. I think the first one, you know, like I realized that there was comments, there was not pe- people, you know, talking shit. They had decent views. Uh, I think the first couple ones, you know, it, I, it eased my nervousness about the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, like I really thought that nobody was going to tune in after about a month after the videos get pumped out. I'm back to where I was at just, you know, working from home. But luckily people tuned in, people supported and, you know, I was able to stick around for another, you know, seven, eight years. Here you are. Do what I yeah. do. You, you almost left a couple times, which we can get into later. But, <laughs> um, so at that point you start, you're like, man, this is kind of working. So I, I like this. I like it, dude. You know, and like, Besides the fact that I was getting a little famous, you know, like I remember at the time, like people calling the phone, yeah, you know, there yeah, was a phone yeah, in the yeah. shipping, uh, that the helps. shipping room, you know, and like, I remember Akil, Adon, like, Hey dude, you're a freaking superstar. Yeah, you're getting yeah, the yeah. calls and stuff. So I remember that like for sure boosting me up a little bit. 
and uh, you know, just doing that, getting on, getting in front of an audience, doing what I do still. You know, I didn't have to change my job. I still had, I still did what I did just in front of a camera now. So, all of that just you know really amped me up, dude. Awesome. What about your first sneaker con? I'm sure once you walked into a first sneaker con and just seen all these the people most come up to you and were like, "Yo, you're Vic." I don't know if it was the first one, but the most memorable one was 2016 New York sneaker con. Uh, I think it was big a, one. That was a, a big one. one. Yeah, yeah, dude, I remember that one. That was my first time in New York. Is that the one with two different rooms? I don't remember to be honest. I think that was a different one. Okay, it yeah, was a big done, one. Though. It was a two-day a event. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people, you know, came and said, what's up, took pictures, and that that, that was just a cool, unbelievable experience, you yeah. know. And it's interesting because you're kind of a pioneer in that space because, like you said, a lot of people do that now. Yeah, dude, for sure. Um, but you were one of the first. Like, I remember talking to many customizers, even guys that we've had, and they're like, I started by watching Vic. I, I hear that a lot, yeah. too, man, and it's really freaking cool. Like, it's crazy to believe that seven years have gone by, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, seven years have gone by, and... We've never really missed a beat, you know. We have every single Monday a new video for the last. That's a lot of videos, bro. You know, yeah. and like I, I, on that note, is this one might be our thousandth video? Monday. Monday. Well, but we're putting this out tomorrow. This is our thousandth, our thousandth video hey, right clap here. Clap it up for that. That's that's, that's amazing. Yeah, so we need this by tomorrow. <laughs> Get on that. Yeah, we need this by tomorrow. <laughs> and think about it, though. Like, that's a lot of man hours, bro. And I know you know that. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Filming-wise, talent-wise, editing-wise. Like, I wonder how many hours in total it took Rejuvenator to make these videos possible. It's obviously hard to calculate, but I think yeah. I think about that all the oh, time. A lot, a lot. A lot I of I mean, what's a basic, like just let's say a basic, one of your <laughs> smaller videos that you knock out in a week that takes you two days? It just depends, you know, because you, you got my man hours to consider. You got the videographer's, videographer's time to consider, editor's time to consider, and graphic uh, designer's time to consider. So. And, and I think, sorry to cut you off, I yeah. think... It's typically almost a week to edit one of his videos. Yeah. It just depends, you because know, how big of a project it is for yeah, sure. Because of all the uh, content and, and uh, video, you know, film and that we got. you know, switching the subject a little bit, well, it's kind of talking about what we're talking about now. It's What we do is pretty special, dude, because I don't think anywhere else in the world can do what we do. You know, like we have high production. We have somebody like me that's willing to put in the hours in front of the camera and deliver a sick sweet project we have a company like rejuvenator that's able to fund the whole thing we have a platform of 1.5 million subscribers you know an audience so like all those things together i don't Factors think up, so you know i don't yeah. think any other business can possibly you know yeah i think it's pretty that. cool it's one of the it's one of the things that i'm most proud of i take a lot of pride in that when people ask about the business and it's like Got to check out our YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah man. 1.5 thousand, 1.5 million subscribers. Yeah, dude. And counting. And it's like 50 million views a year or something. It's, it's, there's a lot of people watching it. So. Yeah, dude. YouTube's everything. Yeah, that's dope. So let's go into it because I know that that's the start. And I know that there's been some times that you've wanted to leave. And you and I haven't really had this conversation because yeah, it's always sure. through somebody else. And I know that part of it probably is obviously we all love Fran. Fran's a, a, a big, he's a, he, he creates a big impact on the business just from ideas and just his work ethic. Yeah. And I know that, you know, the, the story with Rob and that didn't work out with Rob. And then Fran obviously left. Our next guy was Jake who got his first video, got 
torn Rusted. apart. Yeah, he got <laughs> and shredded. it wasn't that bad. It was just different. Too much movement. Yeah, yeah. I remember it was that too, video. too much style. So walk through. How many times have you thought about like leaving the business? Yeah, and yeah. Just tell me a little bit about it. For sure. I mean, I've had my struggles with it for sure. Sometimes, you know, like it, it comes in phases. You know, like over the years, we've had a lot of different videographers. Yep. So that's we've had a lot of changes too. You know, we've gone through a lot in the last seven, eight years. You know, going back to like 2019, 2019, 2020, where we were going to the rebrand. I had no set for like a year. You know, I was I, remember. I was going to Jake's uh, Jake's living room for like a week or two, jumping to Quinn's living room for a few couple weeks. You know, shooting in the corner of the oh, old I setup know. over there yeah, with everyone talking and yeah. business going on, moving my boxes everywhere. You know, so that was a tough year, a tough <clears throat> year before we finally got this new spot set up. Yeah. In my opinion, that was probably like one of the roughest years that I've had here. That was when Quinn was here. Yeah. That was when Quinn was here. Um, before that, just throughout the years, we've had eight different videographers, eight or nine or so. And I'm lucky, though, that they've all been really cool people. I still have relationships with them to this day. You know, I can name all of them. You know, Francis, OG. Then you got Jake. Then you got Aaron Gina. Then you got Lee. Then you got uh, Chris. Then you got Jake again. Then you got Keegan. Then you got Shelly. Then you got, I think, Fran again. And then you got Miguel. You got Connor. That's a lot of dudes, man. But they're all really cool people. I still talk to them to this day. And like that's probably going talking about all those people. That's probably also one of the biggest blessings of working at Rejuvenated the last eight years. I've met a lot of cool people. You know, I've I still have relationships with a lot of those people. Quinn, Doug, um, tons of people. So that's one of the coolest things about working here but going back to the videographers and stuff it's hard transitioning yeah. at the time to a different person because again i'm not great on camera or wasn't good now but back then i would get comfortable with one person that person and i would have a system you know that person would help me out so it was always kind of a bummer to know that person was leaving and i would have to possibly work with a somebody that I don't know, don't vibe really well with or whatever. And, and it's always a process too, working with somebody new. They are not familiar with the process. So I have to have extra patience. I have to guide them with certain stuff. So that part is always challenging, but I've gotten used to it over the years. You know, I've gone through a lot of different teams for good and bad reasons. Um, but I've able to, been able to adapt, that, adapt to that over the years to where I don't feel like that as much anymore. Yeah, you're growing up too. Like For sure. You're a little more mature. For I mean, sure. That, and that's the thing about videographers is videographers, a lot of the people that have left for one reason or another, videographers want to go work for themselves and yeah. do different things and filming the same thing over and over and over. They're, t they're typically creative people. So it's hard. They get burned out. For sure, this. dude. Yeah. So it's, I, I like the system that we've had. And obviously Fran adds more to it than just a videographer especially when he was doing it because he's got ideas and i know that the there was a point in time too which i'm sure this is probably part of that is the youtube channel wasn't really doing that well and that's the thing too we yeah. didn't have the right people on the team as well and that's also very unmotivating of you know, course because I, I, I understand because uh you know i put in a, i want to put in a lot but at the same time like i need the team around me to also match that energy and want to be as great as i am so at the time like I was doing good stuff, but the views weren't there. Just the rest of the stuff wasn't quite there. And that was really frustrating because I know there wasn't much I can do on my end, 
you know, because I can't get behind a, a computer. Well, and you're only, yeah, you're only one person. And I'm only one person. To make this, what we do possible, it requires a team. Like, yeah. you get, everybody sees me in front of the camera. I get a lot of credit for what I do, but it wouldn't be possible without the team we have. I, I totally agree. You know, it's, yeah. the, you There's know. There's a lot that goes in. This isn't a solo act at all. You know, Fran, you know, today's team right now, Fran, you know, he's man's everything behind the computer, uploads the video, make sure the keywords are on point, thumbnails, all that kind of stuff. We have an amazing uh, photographer, Nick Wilson. Kayla, she shoots my videos today. You know, she's awesome. She's on point with it. We got Zion. He edits my videos. That's a whole team right there. That's like five yeah. people, six people to make a video possible. Yeah. So not even including graphic designer, like when you need help in the yeah. machine to When there's more, there's more editor. Usually it's a rough editor, a final editor. Yeah. Yeah. And back in the day, it just was Fran. I don't even know how he did it, but he would shoot it and edit it. When we first started, it was yeah, a two-man no, team. Crazy. It was just me and Fran. Yeah, it's so wild because that was one of the challenges that I had is I hired people after Fran. When you got someone that's such a workhorse and works 15 hours a day yeah. – and then you got someone coming in. I'm like, man, we used to do this with one person. Why do we need three? And, dude, Fran's probably the reason why I worked so hard that first year because I was able to have that other person next to me. Of course. To push me, you yeah. know, like to make sure we are getting shit done. You know you know how Fran is. So, yeah. like, to not get it done isn't an option. Yeah. It's so a good, It's a good model for work ethic. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you <laughs> know, we work really closely together the first couple of years. You know, you know, we split for a little while. He came back, and, like, when he – Brought him back on, like, back in 2000, what, 2001, two years ago now or so. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't remember. That was game-changing for me. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, because yeah, I yeah. knew what what that would do for the channel and yeah, for yeah. me. And to this day, dude, I'm super thankful that you brought Fran back. You know? Well, you, you got about a year left. I know, man. We got about a year <laughs> left to do all the cool shit in the yeah, world. That's, that's, we'll see. We'll see what we can manage. Yeah, we'll figure something out. But, yeah, dude, I'm... You know, I give a lot. I definitely need to give a lot of credit to Fran well, for having me on, getting me on the team. And dude, like, he is behind the YouTube. He's in charge of the YouTube stuff. But like, him knowing sneakers, him having good taste in shoes is also everything. Because he, when he's filming my projects, he'll be watching me. Like, dude, you could probably do this better, or yeah. you should do something different. You know, like last week we had a a big collaborator here. We did two big projects. His name was Jordan Diab. Cool. We did cool projects, but. Fran stepped in a couple of times to suggest a couple of different things that we were not going to do. Yeah. If we didn't go that direction, we would have not had the outcomes that we had today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, that's also a big thing that I got to give credit to Fran. No, I, I totally agree. You know? And that, and I think that's part of one of the reasons that the YouTube channel kind of took a dive for a period of time because they, the, the level of care and it, it, that's the wasn't thing. there, right? That's the thing, man. Like, like Shelly doesn't give a shit about shoes. That's the thing, yeah. dude. Like, so, like, w when it comes to what we do, you know, I talked about all the different components to make the thing possible, but it requires also a lot of care from yeah. the people, you know? Like, you got to give a shit. You got to really give a shit yeah. to make this thing possible. Fran gives a shit. I give a yeah. shit. You give a if shit. If you want to be good. If you yeah, want to be good, yeah. if you want to take it to where it's at now, like, you got to really, like, not clock out at five o'clock. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't end at five o'clock. You really got. Hey, on the record, I give a shit. Yeah, no, you do too. Robert gives a shit. I totally agree. Yeah, no, most of the people here on the team, we now, yeah, I give one hundred percent. No, they care, dude. Like we've done a good job over the years of getting the right people for the most part. And and just to let the viewers know, like they just finished a project. The one he was talking about with Jordan, they were here till four thirty in the morning finishing a project. Wow. Yeah, I mean, man. that's you're working all day and till four thirty in the morning. 
I mean, that's that's pretty dedicated. And, and they came back, right? 10 yeah. to 7 o'clock at so night. So tired yeah. that day. But it's that's a good example, too, man, for the rest of the guys here. Like, it's not why I do it, but I realize yeah, yeah, yeah. that it also... If it, it's got to get done, it's en- got to get ...encourages done. Yeah. other people to just put in that extra 10% of work, you know, to get it done. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you staying because I know there's been a couple times and... Um, outside of having good ideas and stuff, I know he's a lend. You, you, he lends you his ear, and you can voice your frustrations yeah, and yeah. stuff that you might not be able to with other people. Um, and just so you know, this has been a learning experience for me. Like I never ran a business before. This is I just started this business, and I'm learning as I go. So I'm a totally different leader than I was back in that old building. Hundred percent, bro. And even before you got here, I mean, I used to get in fights with Rob and uh, Fran about shit. Like, I remember. Let's bro. spend this money. I'm like, dude, we don't. No, we, we can't spend that money. Was, we don't have it. I was only there from one where, like, uh, you and France started going at it a little bit outside of uh, Foot Locker in New York. Um, I forgot what the I don't remember. Are. The thing that I love about Fran, we'll have to bring him in on another podcast. You have to. Is saying Fran is one of the employees that isn't afraid to speak his mind to me. Yeah. And we can do that like argument thing and, and battle a little bit. We're, st- we're like, there's no hard feelings yeah. at all. Yeah. Like we're just, we're expressing ourselves. Um, and both of us probably could do a better job of how we do that. <laughs> but it's still, when it's done, it's done. Like it's, n- I've never had a conversation with Fran that we kind of got into a little argument that afterwards I'm like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Never. Uh, and so. you're not that kind of guy either from from what I've seen over the years. And yeah, like, that's true. Um, well, depends on what you yeah, do. It depends on, <laughs> depends on who, who, depends on who you do. Like, I guess, never mind. Depends on what, if you do me wrong, like, I'm done. I don't have time for that yeah, shit, right? I can think of two examples off the top of my I'm head. I'm sure you could. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. So thank you for, you know, sticking it out. I think for you sure, know, good man. things still to come. And I hundred percent seeing all the things that other people are doing too, I'm like, man, we we there's so much more opportunity for us with this, even still. Like we have not reached the 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 Potential. tipping point. Yeah, yeah no. So much. Yeah. So it's tough though, man. We we, we do a lot now and like Yeah. Well, I, I have some ideas, so we'll, you yeah, know. And now's your chance to express it. Tell him you need a bigger budget. <laughs> Listen, uh, budgets are fine. Well, yeah, I mean, come put it on paper, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Show me. And yeah. uh, Robert's trying to be slick through me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm always open to look at a, a, a pitch, you know. For but sure, if you just yeah. say, hey, I need this, that, and the other, and you don't have why and, like, give me some sort of reason and some sort of plan, I'm going to say, go, go get a plan. 100%. And come back. Yep. Want to yeah. talk about uh, back to you though, Vic? What is your most memorable custom? Obviously, you've done hundreds of them over the last yeah, yeah. seven to ten years. Don't d- because I know that's hard. Give me top three. Top three. Here we top go. three. Uh, Doesn't have to be the best. Just memorable. One of the first ones that come to mind is that beast mode project that we did. It's pretty cool. It's yeah. a cool one that came and he together. Gave it to you. Yeah. We Steve and I flew out to Oakland. That was checked sick. out the whole went to whole, the game. Went to the Fuck, home opening that game. That was fun. The energy was there. We went to uh, Beast Mode store, hung out with him for a sec, yeah. filmed, delivered the shoes, took a picture with him. He signed the shoe, came back to Phoenix. We had a dope video. That, that was the one where we did the... Um, Major Engraved Teeth. The teeth, yeah. You know, that was, dope. That was during that uh, Black Panther yeah. uh, Killmonger Those were sick. time. So yeah, that's okay. definitely one of my favorite projects. That's yep. the only custom I have displayed in my room. Okay. And I probably care about it so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one a lot. Okay. Um, the Suns custom I just did, the Jordan 4s, um, I put in sick. too much, not too much, but I put in way too much time into those shoes, yeah. 40 hours at least per pair, 
did three pairs, 160 hours right there. Have you done 420 hours? I just got the pair yesterday. I ordered them. So So I posted that on my personal Facebook page, and a bunch of people from Tucson were like, can I buy these? I'm like, no. I got so many people hitting me up. Really? And I, I didn't want to, I didn't even want to do the third pair, but yeah. it was for the marketing director of the Suns, and he's such a good guy, and I didn't want to pass up on that. And I told myself, not no more. Like, I can't do more than three pairs. It's too much. I don't even like doing more than, I don't like doing the same custom more than once, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just over it. I'm, I'm ready to move on to the well, next project. Steve Nash in the comments. So, but on but that I couldn't note, pass up on that. On that note, because I've been saying this for so many years, where's your apprentice, man? All these guys that are doing customs and they're doing multiple pairs, they all have people working yeah. underneath them. Dude, I mean, the closest person that I can think of is, what's his name, uh, Mark. Okay. You know, he, from what I've seen, like, there's only two people here in Phoenix that I can think of, Pedro and Mark. Okay. But they have their stuff going on as yeah. well. You know, Pedro has his whole business. And, like, Pedro's really good, but at the same time, like, he still lacks that attention to detail, detail that i care about he has yeah, the, he has attention to detail but not that extra little yeah, yeah. you know not many people do that though they don't you know yeah. and mark's probably the closest person to being an apprentice for me he does really clean work you saw when he came in here five minutes before we started the podcast asking yeah. me for directions to make sure he does it right yeah and i'm confident he's gonna do it probably even better because he's has attention for detail but it's hard having getting a person that's willing to you know well let's work on that Let's work on that, but at the same time, too, like, what I do isn't exactly just shoe stuff. It's, like, the video side of stuff, too. Like, most of my time throughout the week goes into the video side of things. The apprentice is, is, there's not much for him to do in that area, you know? Well, I have some ideas. We'll talk about it after this. Let's talk about them now. Well, because, (laughs) for instance, when we're doing a custom, we're typically only doing one because... It takes so long to do them yep. that if we can do them both, then we have opportunities to do something with those shoes that we don't personally now as make them, you know, we do gifts to, you know, athletes or whatever the yeah. case may be. But it alleviates some of that burden from you that they can help you and then we can do more with the shoe because, like you said, if you only do the left shoe, it can only really be on display. There's nothing else you can do with that shoe. Yeah, for the most part. size nine. <laughs> yeah, then he does too, obviously. Yeah, Here's always. the thing. Though, I, a lot of the times I do the custom in size 9, but I don't wear them just because I have too many cool shoes that there's no reason for me to put on a piece yeah, of yeah, art. Yeah. But it is nice to know that they're in a size 9. Well, I want to I get you some sort of apprentice that we can... We can start doing just more things. So if, if do a the casting oppor- call. Well, if the opportunity presents itself, well, the thing is you got to have the drive. Like you need to kind of come in here and work for free. And I haven't seen that from anybody. You know, a lot of people know I'm here. I haven't seen somebody come. Well, in. if anyone's listening and they want to learn how to do this and come in and learn and work for free to do that. <laughs> I mean, Hit us up. I wouldn't say free, though. Like, the knowledge that I have for you guys, like, I want to share all this knowledge well, yeah, with you No, guys. no, no. But I'm saying yeah. if you want compensation, if you can come in here and learn and not be compensated financially, yeah. um, we will we will, we will, will look into that, and we, we may take you up on that offer. Yeah, I'm big on drive, too, you know? Like, I haven't seen anybody reach out like that. Like, hey, I'm in Phoenix. I really want to work under you. What do I have to do to make that happen? I haven't seen that from anybody. Well, unfortunately, that isn't that... Uh, common so it's not common. I- interesting story and I don't want to get too far off sidetrack but when I went to that concert with Tino Caccino I heard his story his business partner they're totally independent they don't work with yeah. the radio, radio station anymore but he told me the story of Tino Cochino, some young kid that he 
met somewhere that said, hey, I want to be on the radio and started sending him CDs. And he's like, man, I don't have a space, but you're you're pretty good. Yeah. And he just kept going and Every kept going. Day, yeah. yeah. And kept giving him CDs. And when the opportunity presented itself, he hit him up. He said, hey, are you ready? And he brought him in and basically hired him on the spot. That's freaking sick. Yeah. But because he was so persistent in what he wanted to do. At and a it, young age. And if you're passionate about something, you're going to put that drive in. Like, look at Vic. He said he hasn't done anything except restore sneakers and clean custom. shoes yeah. and do customs yeah. since seventh grade. Yeah, that's wild. He's 27, 28. That's dope. Yeah, and, dude. And that, him. So that we drive. didn't finish the, I guess we didn't number finish three. the customs. Yeah, we got sorry. number three. Customs. Sorry. So, yeah, Suns was number two. Uh, third one. Damn, the third one was probably tough. Um... Custom? You said custom? I mean, custom restorations, memorable projects. Yeah. It's got to be something with a collaborator. Maybe the 85 Jordan 1 build with Max. I mean, that should yeah. look spot on to an 85 Jordan 1. And um, Better than the movies. Yeah, dude. They should have hit a Max or, you know, Mercury you. for those uh, 85 Jordan 1s. But I don't know, man. The third one's kind of up in the air. There's a lot of cool projects. Like, yeah. all the collaborator projects are up there for me. Of course. All the other ones that are not collaborators that I can't think of right now are pretty special. I'll leave that one in the air, but for sure, top two as of right now, Beast Mode and that Suns Air Jordan 4. Yeah, those are dope. they're both really dope. Yeah, yeah. and Suns Jordan simply just because I've never put in that much detail into another different custom. It's very detailed, so we'll have to flash one of those probably up yeah. on this uh, podcast so and people can see it if they haven't. And I'm about to put in another 40 hours into Steve Nash's pair in uh, the next couple of weeks, so... Are you going to do anything different for his, like put his number I, on I it might or? add like a little detail, like two-time MVP type thing, laser engraving onto the shoe somewhere, nothing too like crazy. Like the tongue or something? Yeah, something subtle. So if someone wanted to buy a pair of those, what would you charge for them? Well, I mean, the Suns are, you know, they're paying like 2500 bucks per pair, you know, so... You're not the son, so three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so three grand. At least three grand for yeah, sure. You, you might get somebody to hit you up. Yeah, because they're pretty sick. Three grand. I'll yeah. you know drop forty hours anytime. Of course. Yeah. I mean, shit. Me too. Yeah, you know. I'll come be your apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, top three customs for sure, man. And like, dude, talking about customs and stuff, like, there are so many cool projects that I want to do this year. You know, especially because like I'm aware that you know friends. You know, a year. Not yeah. to say that he, we're not going to do cool stuff afterwards. Of course. But it's been a lot easier to do certain stuff with him on board. So, like, I've been thinking of so many cool different projects, you know, that we're going to do this year. Like, one of them being that I was talking to Fran before uh, we got on here is um this Jordan 3 low that was made for Kobe Bryant. You know, so it's a one-of-one. One. This was made by uh, Nike designer Mark Smith. Mark Smith is a huge designer. He's up there with Tinker Hatfield and stuff. He's been with the brand for years. He's retired from Nike and Jordan brand now, but he's works closely with Michael Jordan to this day. Uh, have you guys seen the new NBA trophies that they updated? No. So they uh, one of the trophies I got updated was the MVP MVP trophy. Yeah. It used to be the uh, was it? Did it have a specific name besides MVP? I can't think of it right now. Well, they updated it to Michael Jordan's. I think I did read something about yeah. that. Yeah. So it's a Michael Jordan yeah. MVP award Love now, him, yeah. and it has, you know, MJ holding, like, a crystal ball. Yeah. The designer of that was uh, Mark Smith. Okay. You know, he worked closely with MJ. So anyway, Mark Smith is really big in the world of Nike when it comes to, like, laser engraving and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of the shoes that you see today from years in, from years in the past, if it's laser engraved directly from Nike – Chances are Mark Smith worked on that shoe. 
like the laser fours. Are, are we talking about Randy's pair? The same? Yeah. Okay. That's Mark Keep Smith. Going. That's yeah, Mark yeah, Smith yeah. as yeah, well. Yeah. You see those other Air Force ones, entourages. Yeah. yeah. That's also Mark Smith. Yep. Um. So, I have a good friend that I, you know, good friend that I also do a lot of work for. I've known him for years. His name is Brian. He uh, has a massive collection, very private about his stuff. He has cleats on top of stuff, cleats on top of cleats, all types of stuff you've never seen in the past. Like like game-worn. Game-worn cleats yeah. and stuff. You know, golf cleats that belong to MJ himself. Yeah, you know, so that were like samples, just... P.E. Yeah, yeah, just okay. rare stuff. Uh-huh. Just because he's been, you know, in the game for so long and knows the right people. But uh, he's really good friends with Mark Smith, you know, and I'm pretty good friends with Brian, so... Brian is the one that wants to get this Jordan 3 made. Okay. You know, it's this Jordan 3 mm-hmm. low. I'll show you guys a picture of it right now. Super unique. It's a low top version, you know, with a bunch of laser engraving all around the sneaker. We're going to remake that this summer. So it's kind of like, it's going to require a lot of people to make this product possible. Because the only person that's ever made that shoe is Mark Smith. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of, there's a unique pattern all around the shoe. Mm-hmm. And then we need help reconstructing the Jordan 3 low. And then... We need somebody to engrave all the different parts. So with all that being said, Brian, he, you know, is a big collector. He's the one that wants this project done, but he's also big into laser engraving. He runs a business, you know, making custom boxes for, you know, wine bottles and stuff. So he's done a lot of cool boxes in the past, and he's good on the laser engraver. He's really good friends with, with, uh, with Mark Smith. So Mark Smith was really cool to let him have the pattern. Oh, wow. The exact pattern That's that came from sick. Nike. So he's going to fly out here when we do that project. He's from California. He's really good with the, with the laser engraver. Kay. He's going to engrave and cut all the parts on camera and stuff directly using Mark Smith's pattern. I'm thinking for this project, then Customs is going to come out here and help us again with the Jordan 3 low build of it. We have the donor already. We just got to get the materials. We have the laser engraving pattern as well. What's really cool, too, is that there's only two pictures in the world you know, the of the shoe, of the shoe. Uh-huh. you know, there's only two angles, you know, the side point of view of Kobe holding the shoe and like the heel part. That's basically it. That's all the internet has ever seen. We were able to get another picture directly from Mark Smith of the tongue area. Mm-hmm. And it shows a number eight with a thunderbolt and a shield. I would have never guessed that was yeah. the, on the tongue. So now we have all the, every, everything we need to recreate the shoe. We have the images. Wow. We have Brian. That's Who going owns to the original pair. Kobe? Kobe? Kobe's family? Yeah. Kobe's family, probably. Yeah. I'm not sure where it's at now. But we're just going to recreate it. When's we that have, project happening? We're trying to make it happen in the summer. You know, Kay. so we'll need Dank to help Soon. us. Soon, it's fucking getting it's hot. Coming, <laughs> it's coming around the corner, man. But Dank, he's always so busy, right? I've talked to him already. He's yeah. like, because we talked, we were originally going to recreate Randy's pair. Because he was really excited about yeah. recreating a Jordan 3 low with the Dunk Soul. But this is 10 times better, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. this is a Kobe Bryant related he'll project. Make time. Exactly. Yeah, Kobe Bryant related project. We have the exact patterns from Mark That's Smith. That's fucking really cool. And we have a, a sc- I have a screenshot of us, of him giving us his blessing on, his, of us, you know, he's cool with us recreating his shoe. Oh, you wow. Know? Yeah. So, with all that being said, you know, we're, it sounds like a really cool project. Awesome. I mean, nobody's ever done it before. So, yeah, there's like a lot of cool stuff I still want to do. Awesome. Yeah. Right on. Sounds sick. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the works, man. And yeah, that's awesome. That's 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 really dope. Next month, you know, in Ju- no, not next month, June, we uh, are talking about going to JBF's studio in Cleveland. You know, JBF's big into yep. customs, been ar- been at it for years. He has like one of the sickest studios ever. All types of machines and stuff. He's down to you know film a video showing us how to build one of his shoes. So, again, that's more stuff that 
nobody out there is doing. Yeah. I mean, the JBF thing, I mean, he's been around for so long. I don't even know if the youngsters would even know who he is. They're going to know him for sure. But, yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah right. I, I love to hear all that stuff. So anything that I can do to help and yeah, assist, dude. yeah, just let me know. For sure. I know you're always on board. Yeah, that's dope. So you have anything else to tell us? I mean, we've been all over the place for sure. Yeah. You know, we've talked about my journey. We've talked about, you know, the up and downs that I've had here at Rejuvenator. You know, we haven't really finished any of the conversations, but <laughs> we've been, you it's know, okay. we've had some good stuff, you know. Yeah. It depends, you know, I have way more to talk about it just depends on what do you guys want to hear well i don't know what do you want to hear i mean I, i've heard a lot a lot of stuff i've heard before some stuff yeah. i haven't heard so i definitely just appreciate you just dropping all this knowledge all for right. us. i got some questions for y'all there you go right. let's do that <laughs> all right let's start with steve okay so how are you feeling steve <laughs> <laughs> how am i feeling yeah, how are you feeling right like now? like today today i feel good all right man that's good yeah you know so how is everything with the, just everything, dude? So, like, you handle a lot, bro. You handle what people don't realize. It's not just Rejuvenator. You got Rejuvenator. You got many worlds. You got career investments to worry about. You got your employees to worry about. You got numbers to worry about. You got this, this, and that to consider, and this, and whatever else I'm not thinking about. Family, this, and that. So, that's a lot, dude. Like, I'm always curious on, like, how the adults, and I talk, I say adults because <laughs> that's adult shit to me, you know? Like, I'm yeah. such a freaking kid. I'm not, I don't have any of that stuff on yeah, me. Yeah, you dude. still live at home. I still live at home, yeah. you know? I, I have it good for the most part, you know? Like, I got a great team that, a lot of resources that help make my life easier, you know? I know you do too, but I always think about that stuff, you know, with, like, older people and people like <laughs> Steve, CEOs and shit, where, like, they have a family, they have a business, they have... 50 things to worry about, like, how the fuck do you do it? Good question, and I think that you evolve, um, and really, it's all about the team. Like, if if you have people on your team like Fran and certain of our other employees that I know that, hey, they got, I don't need to worry, right? Like, I just come in and maybe make some suggestions or like, hey, can we do this a little different or let me, but I know that it's going to get done. That is very helpful. Trust yeah. me. Without a good team, I'd be ready to freak out. For sure. Um, so that's, I think, probably number one. And it's really just do it. I don't know. I just fucking put one foot in front of the other and, you know, I kind of go where the problem, I f I, I'm basically a problem solver. Yeah. Yeah, so, to be. Yeah, so today we were talking about our fulfillment center and all the issues we're having with them and how the cost of shipping has doubled in the last three years. And they're so I'll give you kind of an example. We're trying to get a credit back from these guys because it's saying that it shipped. We have two fulfillment centers, one in Salt Lake City, one in Atlanta. Well, we have that so we can sh ship faster to the east coast from atlanta and faster to the west coast from salt lake city well their invoice says that they're shipping products from salt lake city to the east coast but their website is saying that it's shipping from atlanta so if they're shipping the products from salt lake city to the east coast we're overpaying for shipping because those should really be coming from atlanta so this is just one issue that happened that has been going on that we're trying to figure out today. So it's really figuring things like that out and then just trying to figure out 
the solution to it. Um, so really it's just problem solving. And I wish that I could be more present. Like many worlds, your brother is managing many worlds. That is kind of an afterthought, but I do know that when I put my energy into that and it becomes a priority, that's the thing is you can only do so many things at once. And how do you know when it's time to switch, you know, focuses? Cause again, like I, that's how I feel too. Like I feel, I wish I could be more present in certain things, you know, but when I'm in design mode or video mode, I'm just focusing on that and fuck everything else. So there's a good book called The E-Myth that I think helps bring things into perspective. And it talks about um, really being the technician, which a lot of people that like, for instance, a videographer, right? They want to go start their own videography business. So they are really a technician that does the work. But you need to be a manager and you need to be an entrepreneur and you need to be able to wear all the hats. And a lot of people get stuck in the technician role where they're just doing the work and they're not thinking like a manager or entrepreneur. So this book really helps you realize that it's they give an example of the fat guy, skinny guy. So picture this. You're on the couch. You're like, fuck, I got a belly like, you know, Rob over here or whatever. And one day you're like, man, I'm tired of this shit. I'm going to start working out and you start working out and you start eating better and you start running and you do all these things. And then one day it rains and you don't go work out. And then the next day you don't go work out. So your skinny guy mentality just lost to the fat guy in your brain. And knowing that that happens, it's same with business. If you're a technician, you get stuck in the technician role. You have to realize, fuck, I'm in the technician role. I need to be a manager or the entrepreneur. So it's really, that book really helped me kind of figure out what state I need to be in and at which time based right. on what's going on. Yeah. Um, so again, I don't know what I'm doing. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. Again, I said, I, I'd never even graduated high school, bro. I'm just, I have common sense, which I think is not that common. And I'm driven. Yeah. So I think those things help me too. And, I, and I'm very aware, like I'm self-aware. I know what my, I know what my downfalls are. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at. So I'm not pretending to myself that I'm the best fucking CEO or manager or boss or whatever it is. I know that I have a lot of room to grow in all of these areas. And I think that's helpful too, because I'm not some egotistical jackass that thinks I'm the shit because I own a business, right? right. Like I, I just, I feel like I'm the same person just, you know, evolving day by day. So I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, it's a good answer, man, for sure. You know, I was always curious. I'm always curious about that stuff with, you know. Some days are harder than others, just like anything, though. We're human. Like I think when, which, when you're in that position, you just know. like You have no option. You have no options. Yeah, either sink or swim. You just have to go with the flow, and you'll make it work. I just had, That's how I see well, it. Well, you will or you won't. You will or you won't. Yeah, <laughs> luckily, he's been doing it, so that's why we're here. Yep. Yeah, I'm not sure we've talked if you guys talked about it in the past um, in the last few episodes, but Steve, you're still a young buck. Like, what do you want to do after this? You know, like I know, like invest here, you know, open up another business. But what do you want to do that? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends. Like, you know, I've been doing this 12, 13 years. It's a long I, time. Yeah, I think when we sell the business and whatever, if if that happens and if 
my time and I'm free. I mean, I do have some other ideas. Um, he told me his idea. His is classified information. It is classified just because <laughs> if no one's done it yet, yeah. it's such a good idea because I would – it's the same thing with Rejuvenator. I had a process. I used it. I thought, man, if I'd use this, there got to be other people that would be interested in yeah. this too, right? Because I'm skeptical. It's hard to sell me. you got to really prove me before I'm going to fucking buy into any bullshit. So – I, there's an, I, I have an idea for an app that I don't know anything about the app industry and, but I know that I would use it like religiously and I can, I can picture how you could do all of this in my brain. You told me the idea. I know what you're talking about. I don't say it, but it's yeah. a good idea. And it just helps people. Like it's really, it's a tool to help you be a better person, better be a better husband, yeah. better partner, whatever the Stuff case. Stuff that doesn't be. come second nature to us. And I, I kind of, I, I would get back into music. Like I'm even thinking about picking up a, you know, guitar or Dude, learning how yeah. to, yeah. So like that's one of the things that my long term um, intentions is going to be. I don't know when I'm going to say, hey, this is the week that I'm going to start this. Um, but I'd love to play music and. You know, it's a good one to like just unwind from the everyday stuff. Too. And I want to be around for my daughter. My, my dad was not there. My mom worked all the time. Yeah. So just be more be more available, you know, and take her to games and do all the shit that, yeah. you know, be the best dad possible. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, you, the reason that I started the business, one of the reasons I didn't like working for people, obviously, but also is freedom. Right. Like. When you own a business, you are tied to it, but I do, I don't need to ask anybody if I can go somewhere, ah, right? Not at all. So the freedom is one of the reasons, one of the best reasons for owning a business, um, but it's also a lot of weight on your shoulders too. So you got to deal with certain things. Like I was telling him last, last uh, podcast or the podcast before, the business lost 30 grand last year. We didn't make any money. Yeah. Um, I have to deal with that all year. And, and like, that's what, what I are mean. we going to fucking do? That's what I mean. You yeah. know. Well, you just got to figure it out. I don't know. I mean, really, it's just look at what what we're doing wrong. Why could this be happening? And then put things in place that avoid that from happening again. And so far this year has been a much, much better year. That's good. It's good yeah. to hear. Yeah. yeah I mean, no, I got no. that same question for you, though, Vic. Where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? Do you just cons- – can you making content or what's after Reshubinator after YouTube? That's a qu- that's a good question, dude. I ask myself that all the time. Um, Steve asked me that on my first week at Reshubinator, like, where do you want to be at five years from now? I remember I was uh, doing chores that first week. We were doing chores back then. I remember cleaning the shipping. Rob still does chores. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I clean the studio, um, but I was uh, my first week on there. You know, like if you're gonna work here, you gotta do chores. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you got to clean the shipping department. I'm like, dude, I'm never in here. Like, why am I freaking cleaning this? But I was sweeping the whole thing. And you asked me, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be at in five years? I didn't have an answer for you at the time. Yeah. And I still kind of feel like I don't have an answer now, you know. But I do know w- what I want to do is kind of what I'm doing now. Like, I'm really good at what I do. The industry, in my opinion, is still small. There's still a lot of room for growth. And I love what I do, you know. Like, I have a lot of knowledge when it comes to different things shoe related. You know, I have knowledge when it comes to how to go about cleaning shoes with materials and stuff. I know about, you know, cleaning products. I know so much about customization and stuff. I know how to fix things. I know. What gives you the most energy? Like when you're doing a project, 
is it doing a project for somebody else or is it like what what gives you the most energy when you're doing, doing your thing? So, when it's something new that hasn't been done before, you know, if it's going to somebody that I know is going to appreciate it or yeah. like get a smile, I don't like doing stuff where I know it's just, you know, I don't, a lot of the videos that we do sometimes are just, you know, to get the videos going, like some restorations is just because we have to keep the videos rolling those are just ones that I can do with my eyes closed. The ones that really hype me up are the ones, the bigger ones, the collaboration projects. Because I know in those projects, I'm able to collaborate with other people, you know, bounce ideas, learn new things. You know, the collaboration projects have been one of the fav- my favorite things I, about working at Rejuvenator. Because I'm big on learning things, you know. And, like, all I do for the most part is teach things. But I don't know everything, yeah, you no, know. No, There's only course. so much I can show. So when I can learn new things or just learn a new thing on how to go about stuff or just a new technique that's like stuff that excites me and being able to do it or just problem solve during a project and like something's going wrong maybe to fix it that gives me a lot of self-pleasure um knocking out a video that gives me self-pleasure all that stuff just do you have interest in doing customs for famous people like some of the people out there that are doing that 100 percent, yeah but yeah. like not at that level where i'm like again going back to sitting down just working cranking out work well that's why you got that's why you need well people. what i see for you vic and ellie we've actually had this conversation i don't know how you brought it up, actually. It was having a, f- like, the food channel, a channel that specializes just in food. Yeah. Music channel, MTV. Yeah. Music. I, if there was a sneaker channel, Vic would be primetime television of him restoring or customizing sneakers on, like, a sneaker network. That's, there's no such thing as that, but with all the YouTubers yeah. that's on YouTube and just content creators, like, that's where I do see the sneaker community going. Uh, that's what and I mean. You brought that idea up to me, and I, I never thought about it till I heard you say it out loud, and I was like, that's primetime television, the Vic Almighty show. <laughs> it's Man. like one of those things where you never know. The industry is so small. There is no network dedicated to just sneakers. Who knows? Next year, 10 years from now, yeah. a company wants to do that, and... They reach out to all these people, me, they want us a show where I'm the host. Who knows, you know? What I do know is I want to continue doing what I do now, put out the videos, and I hope that, you know, Rejuvenator or YouTube never goes anywhere for these videos to have a place to live forever because I think these videos are timeless. You know, like, it's kind of the big reason why I'm still doing them is because as long as YouTube and Rejuvenator is still up. Yeah, you could show your kids. It's it's a really cool time. And for everybody, for sure. yeah, and, yeah, and no, for everybody still. in the world, you know, like those videos will be there forever. They can learn good knowledge. That's why I do it for the most part. Something so I'll outlive all of us. And I just thought of something because, and I think this is a pretty special moment in your career. And I'm curious to know where this falls in line of, you know, experience was winning the MTV fucking show. All that, dude. Yeah. That shit was so sick. You yeah. know, like, I was just... A, uh, well, tell us about that, because I, I we haven't, we really haven't had a conversation sure. about it. It was definitely one of those things where I knew I was leveling up just by flying out to L.A., being in a whole different set. I'm used to the set that we have here. Yep. And, like, a lot of people, like, I've been around the set for years so like it's great and all but like a lot of people that come here think it's like groundbreaking yeah, yeah. what i thought was groundbreaking was the mtv set you had cranes with cameras yeah, floating yeah, yeah. all around you it's had next level shit. you had all these you had all these big screens with like uh producers and directors behind just watching what's going on you know telling people to cut do this this and that so it was so professional you had a person you know doing your makeup and stuff making sure you're looking good um, that experience alone on the production side, I was able to really appreciate because yeah. I, you know, you, all of us are 
around production every single day. Yeah. You know, all these other artists, they were just there for the artists, for art, for the art sneaker side of things. I was there for all of it. The yeah, production, yeah. just seeing how they work, what we can possibly get to one day. You know, all that stuff was just kind of like very eye-opening. The sneaker side of things, just, you know, being contacted by MTV at first, dude, I was nervous. I was like, fuck, like, I'm going to get on the video and probably lose, you know, to somebody that's really dope. Do I really want to do that, you know, or do I really want to have the pressure of having X amount of time to execute something that's going to be pretty whack and it's going to be out there in the world of the MTV audience? That's the part that had me hesitated at first. Did you, like, question doing it? In my head, for sure. In your head, but, like, was there, no was there, was there ever a time that you were like, I don't know if I want to do this? I almost questioned everything, like, fuck, do I really want to do this? But I always, for the most part, if in reality, you know, it's just going to boost you up, I'll always do it for yeah, the yeah. most part. It's, but yeah. It's a good challenge, opportunity. Exactly. Like, there's just, you'd be dumb to pass up on I, stuff I like would that. think you'd be, yeah. Like, yeah. I'd be asking you'd myself, what do, what do I want to do? Yeah. Like, what am I doing then? Yeah, the whole time you'd be like, fuck, that, whoever won, I wasn't even that good. I could have won that shit. A hundred percent, bro. Yeah. But the cool thing was that it was uh, there was some TV magic involved. Obviously, it goes back to the Food Channel as well. Like, and that's the cool thing about production. We get to see a lot of the things that a lot of people don't see or get yeah. to understand what how it really operates. Food Channel stuff. Everything doesn't get happen in those thirty you, minutes. You. What's funny? Because before we started doing production, now when I look at shows, I'm like, that's not real. A hundred percent. And yeah. I point that out. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. when that's that's set up. 100%. You see yeah. the cuts. You see yeah. how you just see these little things. You look things at things differently. Very yeah, differently. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's almost like a glass that's been shattered. You don't yes. enjoy stuff as much yeah, as before production, knowing production stuff. I agree. But, um, yeah, so, like, TV magic happened. I actually got to shoot two days before the competition, you know, because I don't – nobody realistically could do it custom in an hour on yeah, yeah, set. Yeah. So they gave us two – they, get, they shipped out all the base shoes to all the customizers exactly two days before the show. So everybody had the exact amount of time to okay. work on them. Interesting. You know, they told us to shoot when we got them. They told us a theme when we got them. That uh -huh. way, you know, there was still some sort of competition to it. Luckily, I got a good base shoe and a good theme. Other people didn't really. So I got uh -huh. Jordan 1, good base shoe. MTV theme. They didn't. They didn't give everybody a Jordan 1? No. Oh, For example, John Manalo, his competition was different. He had a croc. And oh, a, and wow. his theme was like but they were different episodes, right? They were all different episodes. Oh, his yeah. his theme was like um like Mardi Gras. So like bedazzle the shoe, make it look yeah, like yeah, a Mardi yeah. Mardi Gras. How many shoe? episodes did they do of that show? Six or seven, I really? believe. I've only seen that one. Yeah. Seen the one, yeah. Luckily the one we did was the f opening to okay. the rest of them and it did the best just because they were dope customs. I went I went up against the Nick Hay Nick the Hayman. He's another dope customizer. He does a lot of recon shoes. So when I learned that I was going up against Sam, I'm like, dude, I don't even build shoes. This guy's yeah. just going to come up with something sick. So I was stressing for those, like, two days that yeah. I was working on the shoe. I had to come up with the concept, and there was certain rules to it. I couldn't use MTV logo, certain logos on the shoe. I had to, I was only allowed what they, were, what they gave me. So one MTV logo, and it had to be that specific one, and the theme. So I was at it for those two days, bro. It was stressful. Who was working on the project with you? Like from a creative creative standpoint. Who was Probably here at Doug? the time? I want to say maybe Doug. Might have been Doug, yeah. But he, yeah. it was not much time to work on it, yeah, nor yeah. was it much of a rejuvenator project. I was yeah. working on it off hours, so there wasn't too much time to conceptualize anything. Got you. But I came up with the colorway, and it looked like shit. Luckily, my girlfriend at the time, well, not at the time, my current girlfriend, uh -huh. you know, she told me, dude, that shit's whack. 
She straight up told me it's whack. Really? She's she's blunt. Okay, good. That's good for me because yeah, I can yeah. always ask her for advice. So had you already painted her? Or you just I already painted the shoe, bro. The shoe was painted. Oh wow! She was almost done. This. So I can grab the shoe right now. But that purple iridescent tone was uh -huh. originally like a greenish tone. Oh. It looked stupid. You know, and she called it out like, you're not going to win with that shit. Wow. <laughs> you know, but it good was like for the her. LED lights is what it, what it sold the shoes. Yeah. To well, but originally you were going to put a, a, wa a watch in it, right? A oh, uh, like a screen. Exactly. Yeah, a screen, but there yeah. was no time for that. Yeah. So I got creative with it, put the speaker underneath, yeah. you know, on the Jordan one, you got that circle, drilled it out, found an Amazon speaker that fit perfectly, spent forever drilling perfect holes. I had to drill maybe like 20 different holes to make it look like a sound bar. The trick was making them look, making them all even. That's four or five different rows. A couple of the rows had like four dots. So like I had to drill with the drill and make grab sure. Grab the shoe. Grab the shoe. Grab the shoe. Someone like they were, it, they were over but there. This, my shoes. this is the remake you made for. No, that's the real shoe. Oh, so you got the shoe back from MTV. No, they kept that shoe. So I remade it on video. Okay. The yeah, one yeah. I have right here, that's but the identical, remake. identical, exactly. It's exact like okay. the first one. I but thought this had a, a different twist to it. No, exact same shoe. Um, just nothing remade about for the it. YouTube channel. Exactly, because I wanted I wanted to keep it. Yeah, like, it they told me that we're not gonna let me have it. I'm like, fuck, I'm just gonna have to remake <laughs> it back at home. Um, but I know I knew I needed some wow elements. Yeah. You know, a colorway was not gonna cut it. Of course. And I knew the hey man was gonna come up with something sick. He was gonna build something from scratch. So I needed some wow elements. That's where the speaker uh, and the sound bar came. You know. Luckily, came you've to done play. that before, right? It wasn't. No, that was the that first was the time. First time so I never put sound? a speaker into the shoe. The lights. I think before that. I've one. done lights, but never in that way. I never added 20 lights into a little section. There were just 20 holes. Yeah. Bottom row was green. Top row was yellow. The rest of them were orange. And then the top ones were blinking red to make it look like it was peaking. Uh, so, and then I had to sick. hook it up all to like one battery cell. You know, I just had to make it work for the show. After that, I could just, you yeah, know, yeah. go to shit. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. Um, but when I was on the MTV set, I was presenting them the shoe. It, uh, Let's sew the shoe. Yeah, that's the shoe that I wanted. So all this purple iridescent tones, the swoosh and back area were like a green tone. That green would have not gone nicely with the pink or the silver or the black. Yeah, so yeah. that's something so I could So that was the only color that you changed yeah. after she told you. Yeah. Wow, good for her. Clap, Did clap, you have clap, <laughs> clap. Yeah, shout out to my babe. She uh, really definitely helped me win this shoe project. And dude, like, this part was tricky as well. Like, again, there's no recon to it. I just had to cut out a yeah. perfect piece that lines up perfectly where I can tuck it in and it's just not overlapping. Like, that took forever. Um, so that was before you ever, like, deconned a shoe? Yeah, exactly. Wow. So okay. that was just tricky. But <clears throat> I spent, like, a good two days on the project before I had to fly out to L.A. I finished the shoe up, like, 90%. I left the other 10% for camera purposes. So, yeah. like, once we got on set... They gave me a blank white shoe for 30 minutes. I was customizing it, like really getting down on it. After about 30 minutes, they took away that shoe. They brought in the shoe that I started working on and I just finished it up for another 30 minutes. And then at that point, the shoes were done. Time was up. We go up in front of the judges and the judges were dope too. It was Sean Weatherspoon. Um, I forget, uh, what's her name? She's also really famous. And then you also have a um, dude from Wild and Out. Yep. Um, all three judges were super cool. And like it was, I was pretty nervous up there when I was uh, showing off the shoe because Nick's project was really sick. So did were you were all the customizers like looking at each other's shoes when they f like when did? What was really cool it was that this was the first episode, you know. So this was the first one. It was the first episode, but it was the last one that was being filmed, you Kay. know. So like all the other customizers already shot their videos, and they were all 
on the side of the set just watching them like announce the winner. John Manal. Everybody. Okay, so they did all this in one. They didn't do this, like, they did all this in the same time span. It was like a two or three day thing. Got you. And the okay. customizers all, like, like being around with each other. So yeah, they yeah, were there yeah. for all three days. Of course. So yeah, why not? We were presenting our shoes. Like, you, you had all the people on the sideline just, like, waiting to see who was going to yeah, win. Because it was going <laughs> to, yeah, there, that cool. part was not faked. You yeah, know, yeah, we were yeah, really no, waiting to see yeah, who. Yeah, I mean, it's not faked. It's just. Like you said, you can't show somebody working on something for it's, two days. It's just yeah. TV magic, yeah. exactly. So we were just anxiously waiting to see who was who were they gonna announce the winner. And once they announced that, I won it, dude. It was so sick. And like, so when did so you got your? There's three people, right? There are three per people show. all holding the shoe. So and I'm talking about the shoe. So as I'm talking about the shoe, they're looking at it, checking it out, and then out of nowhere, you with my phone, music? I play the music, yeah. and it. You know, get some out of, you know, it, it yeah, shocks yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the lights yeah. are bouncing, dude, like that right there just kind of sold it. So when did, as you're doing this, when did the other customizers see your shoe that you were working on? At what point did they you were, break they, it out? They were, so like, we were on set, we were filming. Yeah. We had that blank canvas doing stuff to it for 30 minutes. Nobody's seen each other's shoes. Nobody's at this seen point. each other's yeah. shoes, exactly. Uh -huh. And so, like, they come out. They take they change the shoes at that point. That's where we see, but that now you break them out. Now you guys are all looking like we have an idea of what the <laughs> other person has, and then you have the other customizers on the sidelines also watching our yeah, producers, yeah. and nobody knew there was a speaker in it yet. Nobody knew anything yeah, about yeah. the shoes, yeah, yeah. so like everybody was waiting for this one just because it was me and Nick going up against each other. They know that we do some dope customs. Uh -huh. They knew it was a Jordan One, the theme. So this was the one that everybody was anxiously anxiously waiting to see who the winner was. And once they announced the winner, once they announced that I won, it was super cool. I got, as I was walking off the set, dude, like, everybody was high-fiving me, like, all the MTV people, the artists. It was, like, one of the sickest feelings ever. Nope. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't just about winning. It was, like, having all those other people there watching you. Of course, they're your peers. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a cool industry. feeling. Yeah, awesome, yeah, because we were, you were talking about something. I'm like, man, well, that was a really good experience, and, I'm sure. And that's another milestone in, in, in my career. You know, there's a lot of little things, you know, that... They need to do that again. Dude, they, you know? yeah. this was, like, right before the pandemic, you know? So this is January, February, I March. What, I wonder what the ratings... Where'd they... Where was this? It was YouTube on TV, YouTube. Right? It was on YouTube MTV's uh, Walden yeah. Out. The people that made the show aren't with MTV no more. So okay. Rich, too, he's the guy that made the whole thing. He works for a different company now. So it's one of those things where I don't know if somebody's going to come in and, you know, try to get that whole thing going again. Or, if it, died, or if it died down with him, yeah, we you know? Yeah. Did they get any, or uh, the views on that? Yeah, yeah. The, this one has, like, over a million views. Yeah, that's good. Um, the other, I've. And I haven't seen I haven't seen the other videos in a while, but yeah, yeah. yeah, the overall ratings for the videos were great, man. Yeah. A lot of people loved it. Nobody's really done that yet. Again, that's what kind of Robert was talking about. You know, like one day, who knows if this is still a thing? If the industry's still going, like there's no reason why these shows. Yeah, Netflix special they, or something. Exactly. You know, they do it for cars. They do it for food. Yeah, and I've seen a couple sneaker based shows, and they're just uh, exactly. a little cringy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So nobody's really done, done it at right. that dope level. Yeah. So, so the network comes. Yeah, well, shit, maybe Sneaker we just network. do something ourselves. Yeah, so for the time being, I'm just trying to become the best person when it comes to shoes, man. Awesome. You're doing great at it, that's for sure. Well, tell me, what is a short-term goal? Because um, we've been, how long have we been at it right now? 145? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm having a great time. Yeah. I, it, that's what's so, man, I'm so excited to do this podcast because... It's just something different, and it gives you a chance to have, like, a real conversation. 
Um, and it breaks the monotony of the day to day. Like I'm not stressed about what's happening here or there. And 100%, I, man. yeah, I really get to just, it's almost again, therapeutic as, as, uh, Akil said, just getting shit off our chest. hundred percent. Right? You know, like we see each other every day. Yeah. We just don't get to shoot the shit that yeah, much. We're yeah. At the end of the day we're working, you know, it's just hard to sit down and just have conversations. So dude, this is special for sure. You yeah. Know? Well, I, I, want to thank you for joining us today it's the first one and i think it's gonna be our thousandth video hey clap it up i mean it has to be so i i'm sorry to put you motherfuckers on the spot because <laughs> now it has to be the thousandth video Ryan's over there shaking his head oh i know but he said it was going to be easy to to edit so we'll, we'll until it was we'll an hour and he's 56 like, minutes he's like, so like cut it here just cut <laughs> it here so give me because i want to challenge you and i want you to set some intentions What's a short-term goal? What what would you like to do that you've kind of been putting it off? And it, it doesn't need to be yeah. gym. I know that you said yeah. you want to kind of hit the gym. But yeah. between now and next week when we have the next podcast, give me a goal and something that you are you can uh, set some intentions to do. Well, shit. <laughs> you want a spot now? I know, right? I don't know, to be honest. Uh, one thing that... Uh, I don't know if it's an intention that I want to um, amplify into my, uh, you know. Don't there. worry. You know, implement into my week. Yeah. There we go. That's the word. Um, but one thing that's just like always sitting behind my head, bro. And like, I always want to do it, but I just never do it. It's my Instagram, bro. So like, I have like a million DMs, you know, and I respond to some of them. Some yeah. of like the ones that are, you know, quote unquote worth responding to, I respond to, but I do always want to sit down and take the time and respond to people for showing love their questions and stuff. But I like, it's, it's like one of those things where they f- suggest like, well, why don't you have somebody else do it? Like, I don't want to have anybody else do it. I want to sit down and do it myself, job in the day. you know? So like, that's one thing, dude, just like being more active on Instagram. Just, I mean, you and me both, but just, you know, putting the phone recording as I'm doing something or quick Instagram live and just, shoot the shit with people, you know, ask some questions, but I just don't ever do that. Cause if I ever have free time where I'm not like hands on with shoes, I'm spending it somewhere else, you know, like yeah. I'm spending it with my family and my yeah, girlfriend, you know, it's just hard to like prioritize time to Instagram. So that's the biggest thing. That's the part that's always like back of my head. Like, so wow. let's set a small goal. Okay. Would you rather respond to people in DMS or post something? Rather post something for sure. You okay. know, and like, and that's the thing too. Like, dude, I have, an arsenal of images from Nick, you know, and yeah. I have them all organized. I just got to fucking sit down and post them, you know, but at the same time, like I feel bad when I post it and I log off and go do other stuff. Cause I have like 50 comments and I didn't Don't hit the like feel bad. And that's, that's the problem. I have to not feel bad. I have to Don't get out of my own bad. head and just, it is what the fuck it is. Like Joe Rogan says, don't even look at the goddamn comments yeah. because if people are, you just don't want to. But I think at his different. point, his like people are commenting, wanting to know questions, and they're that, asking and, and that, information that, that he wants to be able to. It's not just the question so much; it's more so like the love that everybody shares with me. I'm like, fuck, I really want to sit down and like, hey, I appreciate that, but I, I just don't. I mean, I totally understand, but let's do baby steps. So the yeah. first step is you got to post because you can't respond to people that aren't. Like if, if you're not posting, you're not getting responses anyway. Yeah. So the first step is to post. So how many times can you post between today and next week when we have a podcast? I say two no, and you say two is fine. Two. Yeah. So you're going to commit to posting twice. Yeah. Between now and then. Because I do think I, I scanned your Instagram the other day. I'm like, it doesn't look like he's posting three months. I posted uh, last month. 
Okay. That sounds pretty custom. <laughs> well, it sounds like me, and that is one of the things that I want to do. I am not going to commit to that today because yeah. it, it, that's, again, I totally understand where you're coming from, and it's like a second job. Yeah. I don't want yeah. another job. <laughs> but it's so crucial. It's crucial. To and build your own brand. 100%. Yeah. You know, and, like, I have no reason not to post. I have... Yeah. All the images ready to go. I yeah, you have brand no, you have no reason. I have yeah. to. You know, I don't have the images. Yeah, you know, it's the content. And I'm well aware, like there's no excuse to just fucking. Okay, so you're gonna commit to two posts. Yep. Okay. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be holding your account. I'm there liking, waiting <laughs> on Instagram. Sounds good. You, I'm gonna continue committing to the gym. Okay. Working on his belly. Look, I need I need a second one because a the gym the, the gym is that's great. But what else? Ah. Uh, uh, we'll go to you, and I'll come back to me. Of course he's going to do that. <laughs> um, I'm going to finish reading that book. All right, and you said you didn't even finish at all, so that means you need to come up with a third I, one. I read half of it, so but it, so I'm not drinking, number one, so that's right. one. Um, and I'm going to finish reading that book. That's going to be my intention this week. And if I come back... I'm honest. If I come back and I don't, then you guys can all fucking talk shit. But I will because I'm saying I'm gonna do it right now. I'm I'm gonna finish that book. I may even just read the rest of it fucking tonight, just so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> the rest of the week. Yeah, I'll put up two posts right now too. <laughs> no, yeah, a, a story. I did a story. What you mean? In the grid, man. Now I'm on the spot. So obviously I'm gonna continue working out. And you guys got anything for me? No, bro. Some advice. Well, I think working out, I mean, what are some of the things that you said you wanted to do originally? You wanted to read. Yeah, so what I'm going to do is not read this week. I'll put that <laughs> off. I'll say that for next week. But again, one of my original ones is to buy a house. And so I did do the NACA program, but I haven't even logged in yet. I haven't even looked at the documents that I should submit. There you go. So that needs to be my top priority is make sure I log into the NACA program and see what my next steps are. I know I need to meet with a counselor. I know I need to submit documents. I just don't know what documents, really what my next steps are with that program. So that has to be my main focus this week. Obviously going to the gym and then continue into this program so I can buy a house. When are you looking to buy a house? Soon, dude, next year. You need to get on. You should right, team could, up. Yeah, I'm yeah. already on that too. Are so you? Akil's, what, Akil's yeah, 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 yeah. They just look, again, they look at your finances. Yeah. And it's, it's It's not... You know, probably they, not a pleasant experience. They definitely, yeah. Akil told me all about that. They deep dive. Oh, they yeah, yeah, yeah. Make they sure want to make sure you're not wasting money. Yep. Yeah. Gotta make sure that's all. Okay. In order. I'll take that. So yeah, by yeah, next week, that. what what are you going to accomplish by next week? I'm going to be logged in. Don't just say I'm just going <laughs> to log in. I'm going to no, log, do- log in. I'm going to look at the documents <laughs> and hopefully I can schedule an appointment. So you're going like to log in, read through, and read schedule through, an appointment. And hopefully I can schedule an appointment, you know, with that advisor to really find out what type of timeline I'm looking at to buy a house, what my next main next steps are. Obviously, I know I have to submit documents. Just don't know what documents, but I'm really going to log in uh, and uh, digest that information and what my next steps will be. Awesome. And we'll talk well, about it next week. Man, I had a fucking great time. Hey, Thank you for joining. Uh, this went by super fast and uh, really did. excited to, to do the next one. So hopefully you guys like the first episode on YouTube if these guys get it done by tomorrow. Hey, that's going to do it. That's going to wrap it up. We out. Peace.